Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Geek Vibes Just want to say thank you for listening. Get ready for an awesome show and uh, just everything that we normally say right at the top of the show. If you're a new listener, we're on several platforms. Listen to Wrestling Geeks Alliance every week. Just find a, you can, I mean, you could Google it, but like if you go to anything from iTunes to Spotify to Stitcher to any downloadable platform, search Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Listen to the show, subscribe, and, uh, you know, give us a thumbs up. That would be really uh, cool of you guys. But we have a uh, humdiddly of a due time today, uh, show-wise, and uh, a lot to talk about. And uh, we're going to be doing our first, uh, I guess, draft of a wrestling company. This might be something that we do with uh, other companies going forward, maybe uh, WWE. But we'll, we'll get to that at the end of the show. Uh, I'm, of course, with my co-host, the the co-host with the most, Christopher, brother Ray Patton. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. I had a Friday off, so kind of getting that extra day weekend is always good. The Bon Jovi weekend, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> but uh, outside of that, man, nothing much has been going on on my end. How about you, buddy? How's, how's, how was your week? It's been... Very busy as a shipping manager at a giant, um, you know, uh, what do they call it? It's not just T-shirts. It's everything um, for your needs. And I just want to shoot myself in the head sometimes from uh, some deadlines. But I am rising above it. I am doing everything uh, with my due diligence to make sure that my job's good. And with the stress, I have to say that. You know, it's 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 not too bad. It's the holidays, man. Yeah, so like uh by the nature of what I do for work, kind of December's our downtime cuz the school districts and stuff that I work with, they they tend to all be kind of just revving up for the holidays in that long period of time off. So right now it's probably one of the calmest times of the year for me. So I'm kind of I'm kind of having the opposite of what you're having, which sucks. Oh. But I remember when I used to work in retail, December was always a it was like Black Friday, and then around Christmas was always a fucking nightmare. Yeah, creating uh, promotional items uh, and and getting them to our customers around this time. There's a lot, and you know when you have to work with a giant billion dollar company like UPS, you'd think that I don't know they could pay their employees more. Uh, get better technology to find certain packages that no, they can't do any of that. So they're a fucking terrible company and I have no problem putting them on blast. I feel like, like the CEO is the type of dude that would send like, you know, like pictures of his dick flaccid for some reason to females to try to like, you know, get them to like him or some shit, some, some fucking <laughs> off the wall type of concept like that or some shit. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I I've had so much better experience with UPS than FedEx that 
<laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to give them a pass on my end just because FedEx is. I'm 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 not. I'm not sticking up for FedEx at all. By the way, <laughs> they can kiss my ass too. These are at least I don't know if it's probably not all FedEx drivers, but I swear to God, anytime something sh- I, I'll, I'll literally not order something if I see it shipping from FedEx, or I'll order it from somewhere else that has different shipping because I fucking hate FedEx so much. I swear, every time I order something from FedEx, they do that dumbass thing where they just put a note on your door and they're like. Hey, you weren't here, and I'm like, that's impossible. I literally haven't really left the house in three years at this point, so um, I don't know. It's like they just pretend they have the package and put a note on my door most of the time. Hey, man, if UPS is Quick Trip and FedEx is Racetrack, uh, you know, in this scenario, UPS still sucks ass. So uh, FedEx is pretty fucking terrible too. All of them, they can kiss my ass. I don't understand. How if you go to McDonald's and you order your shit ahead of time, they can tell you basic information to get you to where you need to be, where your order is, all that type of stuff. And UPS and FedEx just can't fucking figure out some type of way to track packages after you scan them in a fucking system. Um, Whatever. doesn't matter. It's, it's my job, and I just think the CEOs of FedEx and and uh, UPS probably need to be stretched by like Stu Hart, uh, circa 1970. <laughs> and fuck off. You're gonna send them to the dungeon. That's what you're saying. Uh, yeah, yeah, just stop being a child. You gotta get this in there. Yeah. No. Fuck. <laughs> fuck them. Uh, you know, Teddy Hart has his wrestling school open. Maybe we can send them. <laughs> if you bring a free cat, you get like a week off. So. Uh, just make sure they can do backflips. <laughs> what a fucking weird ass documentary. <laughs> like I knew, like I, I everyone's kind of known if you're a wrestling fan how crazy Teddy Hart is, but like I didn't know that he was maybe involved with a disappearance or at least may have information on a disappearance. Yeah. Like <laughs> I didn't realize that he was out here finessing these women so hard, like literally taking advantage of these poor females to just like pay for all this shit basically like there's one scene in the movie or in that documentary in general where he's like you know he's taking money from his stripper girlfriend at the time to get steroids and they literally show him injecting steroids it's fucking wild man yeah man um uh it's it's pretty terrible what was the uh one with brett his uncle brett uh wrestling with shadows the it's like that, but fucking five times more. No, no, I mean, it's... I don't even know. That whole documentary was fucking ridiculous. I can't believe within the lineage, and you hear, for the most part, you know, how reasonable the the hearts were. And to find out this gentleman, regardless of his entering abilities and agility uh, and acrobatics is a fucking just piece of trash. It's uh, it's nuts. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I've seen lots of Teddy Hart matches and never have been overly impressed with him. I don't, see, I don't think he's, like, terrible or anything, but it's not like... I don't know. It's like he really does think that he is the biggest wrestling superstar in the world, and I guess in his own mind he is, but to everyone else, they're like, bro, you're Teddy Hart. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> 
Um, it w- one thing that was kind of weird about the documentary is that they just totally didn't talk about his second return to WWE, where he was kind of there for like two years. Do you remember that? Like in like 08, 09? Or was that when you kind of had stopped watching wrestling? Yeah, I probably had stopped by then. But I know they made, didn't they make a big deal about like, what was it like the new class of the uh, dungeon, which was Natalia, uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr., Tyson Kidd, and him, or something like that? Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of the New Heart Dynasty. Um, that's when they were yeah running through that storyline, and like I said, he was there for like two years. They kind of acted like he had never done anything really. The way they they kind of portrayed it like other than getting fired from WWE. And I was like, well, you know, after he got fired from WWE, he went to, you know, he was in ring of honor and then he was in impact. Like the notorious match they showed where he's just doing fucking moonsaults until he vomits in the ring. Um, <laughs> that led up to, uh, <laughs> sorry, I gotta mute myself. That, that led up to him fucking, uh, you know, they, they talked about it kind of in the documentary that CM Punk tried to fight him backstage. Well, you know, not very long after that, they're both in impact and do straight have a fight. And that's how Teddy Hart gets fired from fucking impact. Basically. I was surprised they didn't talk about that just because punk sim- seems to be a hot topic in the media a lot. And I was surprised that they didn't really have any, you know, the famous Teddy Hart shoot story. <laughs> Dude, do you <laughs> think that, uh, various Teddy- versions of, do you think that that Teddy is just mad that um, Brett considers CM Punk a bigger uh, nephew than him? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Punk. Uh, you know, uh, Teddy's uh, fucking weird. You know. Uh. I like I like these shady ass indie promotions. Waited until the documentary came out, and they're like, "Oh, now we can't book Teddy Hart." It's like you should have been booking Teddy Hart a long time ago. This man's crazy. Like, yeah, he's on the uh, island of misfit toys, like we've said in the past with Austin uh, Aries and so many other wonderful individuals. Uh, Marty Skrull. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just uh, flipping cats, just flipping cats, all pre-match, you know. Whatever happened to pre-show. control your own narrative? What, is, is that still a thing? Is that where he's going to work now? No, um, Braun went to WWE, and now he's on best behavior like he was last night, smiling like a fucking idiot, like, you know, saying hi to Kurt Angle and uh, Gable Steveson on SmackDown because he pissed off people there, and he pissed off beforehand. And uh, I guess now... Um, PC3 is uh, NWA. Um, I could see him being a champion, but yeah, that's done. Um, that's like the, the new one, the Freddie Prince uh, organization that he's creating, apparently. Let's see what happens. But uh, Oh, God, I forgot that that was even a thing. I know he came out and said that he was starting a wrestling promotion and kind of filed he, for some trademarks, but... Dude, he's like a, a full-time like Groundhog's Day. Like He comes over every couple... Uh, you know, days to come out of his cave and see if he sees his shadow and gets scared back into it um, t- with with more information. I'm still doing this. I don't know. Maybe no he offense, gets, maybe no offense he gets to Prince Junior. Yeah, I would get distracted too if Buffy the Vampire Slayer was my wife. But. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. He's, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> hard to focus on wrestling when you're hanging out with Buffy all day. There's more shit to worry about, like you know, vampires and the end of oh, the world. I'll, I was thinking about procreating. Anyways, um, yeah, but uh, vampires need love too. 
Vampire Slayers need love too, I guess. Should say. Yeah. You know. Uh, I was a big fan of those uh, Scooby Doo movies. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> That's. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, what have you? You know, like we've been doing. What have you been watching recently? What what uh, what have you watched on the uh, television outside of uh, pro wrestling in this last week? Lots of hockey. You know, that's kind of been my go-to. The Devils are really good this year. They're in first place overall in the NHL, um, which has been pleasant because I I'm not I stick with my team whether they suck or not. And I've been watching the Devils suck since 2012 at this point. <laughs> really, they've had one one appearance in the playoffs since they went to the Stanley Cup in 2012. So uh, it's an exciting time if you're a Devils fan. Outside of that, um, you know, still keeping up with Titans. There was no show episode this week, which kind of sucked. Uh, still watch Young Sheldon. Um, trying to think if there's anything other than the Teddy Hart documentary. Um, yeah, not not a whole lot. I did watch that horror movie that I was talking about, but I can't think of the fucking name of it. Where uh, it's kind of like a big. It's kind of it starts out like kind of like a cabin movie. I was messaging back and forth about it, but I can't remember what the fuck it's called now. Uh, to save my life. Oh, um, I don't remember, but I remember saying that was something that was on my radar. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it was so good. And now I can't even remember the name of it. That's kind of what happens. I have to go back and look at my like playlist to see. Um, and we have so much bullshit in our chat. I'm not, I'm not going to make everyone <laughs> suffer through <laughs> me scrolling up to find it. <laughs> so oh, sorry Lord. about that. It wasn't barbarian, yeah. right? No, no, no. Um, it's kind of a movie about it kind of addresses like it's basically the, the plot of the movie is the girl is a platformer and she meets a friend that she hasn't talked That's to right. since she was a kid and they go to this cabin in the woods and shit uh, kind of starts going awry and you the story kind of unfolds in front of you and sucks that I can't remember the name of it because I thought it was a really really fucking good film. Um, but it's yeah. like Missy, but I can't remember. It's not Missy, but it's like something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, Sissy. There you go. Sissy! There you go. Yeah, yeah I, def- I definitely want to check that out. I definitely do. I'm finally going to be able to watch... Uh, my brother's going to be in town tomorrow. We're going to watch Skinnamarink. So, I have not watched any trailer. I have not researched at all. I'm going in completely blind. So, I will tell you, Chris, if this really actually does disturb me. Which sometimes, if you give me your hereditary first time viewing i'm like wow i'm gonna feel this till at least tuesday but uh <laughs> horror movies don't actually do that normally to me so you know bring on the challenge like we, we talked about yeah i i mean after the kind of the description you had sent me about it i'm definitely looking forward to checking that out i haven't I haven't gotten around to it quite yet but yeah, I think, you know, outside of that, Sissy is kind of the only thing I watched. And, and obviously that fucking Teddy Hart documentary, which is just a mind fuck. What a weird thing that is. Like, imagine how bad your life must suck to want to follow Teddy Hart around for 15 years or however long that guy was doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that was kind of it. How about you, buddy? What, what have you been watching? Well, same thing, man. Um... I want to get done with it so I can start watching some uh, Christmas movies. Of course, I've been slipping them in, you know, uh, here and there. But I've been trying to binge the whole entire MCU uh, phase one of films, if you will. 
Um, the no, 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 phase one, two, three, the Infinity Saga leading up to Endgame as the last one, starting with Iron Man. And I have this might sound like a lot, but it's actually not. I have eight films left and I'm done. And uh, it's been a really fun ride rewatching these movies, kind of, uh, you know, some of them taking a, a new approach with watching them in general. If I wasn't as impressed, some of them, I'll say Iron Man 3 and uh, Age of Ultron still showing me that. They're not my favorite films, um, just personally, and uh, just enjoying the ride. And I also finished at the same time, me and a couple buddies, and we might be doing a podcast about this, uh, rewatched the DC animated uh, film universe that started this last decade back in 2014, I believe, maybe earlier, with Flashpoint and going continuously until Justice League dark apocalypse war uh and great uh voice actors um or actors in general uh like rosario dawson as wonder woman and uh they got jason omar as batman and jerry o'connell plays superman nathan fillion is green lantern just a great set of people throughout all the films and Basically what they should have done live action, but I'm just not going to go there. Uh, but, you know, once again, you'd think I'd have dreams with superheroes. Instead, uh, I either don't remember or some type of horrific horror movie, horror movie related um, nightmare happens. So, yeah, <laughs> I I haven't watched a lot of those animated films. I probably should check more of them out, but very I really rated did R. enjoy uh yeah, I, I really did enjoy like the, the animated Killing Joke that they put out and um, Batman Year One. Those are probably the last two that I watched from the, that animated universe. But I don't even know if they necessarily tie into the universe so much as just being their own standalone. Because they're almost like page for page of the comic animated. So I don't know. So, I think Peter Sellers, the ro- fucking RoboCop, is Batman in one of those movies. <laughs> yes, Peter Sellers in uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. So basically, DC, this is the same company, by the way, Bruce Tim. He was the animator. He worked with Paul Dini on the animated series and all the other ones that came out, Superman, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, then worked with Joy McDuffie towards the end, uh, who made characters like Static Shock and a lot of other cool characters uh, integrating them. You know, Batman Beyond, all that was his child. Um, when they finished that show... They still had animated movies with the same cast that you could kind of say was, you know, not necessarily a part of that, 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 that continuity, but still kind of part of that continuity. And on the same side, they would do, you know, movies directly based off of certain comic events like The Dark Knight Returns, like Superman, uh, Red Sun, you know, a lot of these different stories. But the other ones with your Kevin Conroy's is Batman and, um, you know, everyone else that came from that, uh, they would stay with the main cast. And I think it was just Sleep War. That was a big one that had everyone included. And then shortly after that, they restarted everything with Flashpoint, had a series of films with this new crew, kept on doing individuals based off of comic book properties that were separate, but just had another continuity that was this last decade. So if that uh, if that makes sense, I think I put that together pretty well. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of wanted to check those out. But when they originally started doing that, didn't DC have its own fucking weird streaming service that I, I eventually just got ate up by HBO? Right. But 
Um, it did. Yeah, if you ever want the uh, the movies in order, just shoot me a message and I'll send you them. Um, yeah, it's all on HBO Max. If you do have that, yeah, I got, I got HBO Max, so I need to go back and check some of those out because I've heard good things about them. It's just uh, the the only ones I've really seen that they've came out with were ones based on like basically the full, like I said, uh, page for page, but in animation version of those Batman, uh, great Batman graphic novels and, and storylines, but. Yeah, I, I know I loved Year One a lot. I thought that was fucking top tier shit. So if if they're all of the same quality animation wise, and it seems like they're putting a good effort into it, it, it seems like it'd be worth checking out. So I, I just need to make time to do that. That's the biggest things uh, between hockey and all of the wrestling, um, <laughs> and trying to catch a flick here and now. It's like I, I don't know where I'm going to make the time to do that. also got to go watch Gremlins. That's kind of my Christmas movie go-to is I'll watch Gremlins 1 and Gremlins 2 and then uh, probably check out Batman uh, Batman Returns, which I feel is one of the best Christmas movies. It kind of gets slept on a little bit. I know everybody likes talking about Die Hard as a Christmas film, but like, you know, Batman Returns is a Christmas movie as fuck. So Hey, Lethal Weapon also. It's a Christmas, also a Christmas movie. movie. Sorry. You want to get crazy? I could get crazy. Like fucking <laughs> when they're fucking the beginning of the film does start off with them just in that fucking uh, Christmas tree <laughs> plantation or whatever, wherever you go to pick up a Christmas tree. It's, it's kind of I funny. Just but love no one that, ever talks uh, about that one. I just love that Danny Glover was 41 in that movie <laughs> and saying I'm too old for this shit. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny if you look back at that. It's like, dude. You know what? I'm 37. I think I understand what you're saying. So, Yeah. Have you seen that they tried to turn that into a TV series? I can't comment on if it's good or not because I haven't ever watched an episode of it. But, um, man, seems like kind of a weird thing to try to turn into a TV series, honestly. Yeah, if you want to do, you know, those two characters, get the fucking actors back, do another movie. I don't care if they're old. I don't want to see you a retelling on CBS. That sounds terrible. But yes, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, some things that they reboot into TV shows make sense, but like Lethal Weapon is not. Like the new Quantum Leap, I think, is like a good reboot. It's kind of a continuation of that story. And it's a pretty good show, but like some of the other shit they put out, like Hawaii Five-0, for instance, it's like, fuck, who the fuck asked for the... <laughs> A new relaunch of this. I barely liked the MacGyver. original. Yeah, it's like, why? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's weird. Uh, well, I, I guess, do you want, do you, do you want to, like, talk about wrestling-related stuff, or should we do that whole thing? Sure, man. That's kind of, that's, that's our job, right? So let's, let's get into it, I guess. We don't have jobs. Um, well, we do have jobs, but all right, let's talk about this report that's coming out about Sasha Banks possibly being at Russell Kingdom. Um, this is really interesting. And I, I like that there's two ways to look at it, Chris. There is the side that are saying, you know, that she's not WWE bound. So that opens her up to be able to do this. And then I also like the other side of, she is, and, you know, Triple H is allowing this because we've talked about the potential of, you know, a meeting of the minds between WWE and Bushi Road uh, slash New Japan. 
Um, but I don't know if it's official, but, you know, I'm assuming that she'd be going against Kari Sane, uh, who is the new and inaugural IWGP Women's Champion. A huge deal. I would also assume that you'd be putting her over and Kari would keep the title unless she's going to stay there, potentially. But I, I don't I don't think that. But I would assume that this is going to be an introduction to Mercedes or Sasha Banks going in another direction. But I just feel, I mean, based on the fact that we see that stupid bar, whatever the fuck show with Nikki Bella and um, that country guy and Carson Daly. Um, you know, she's on there. Sasha Banks promoted. I mean, maybe I'm looking too much into it. I feel like Sasha's going to end up back in WWE. I think that we both said that I could be wrong, but the potential, I guess, what do you think of the potential of Sasha being at Wrestle Kingdom, going for that title against Kari Sane, having a big profile match, and then potentially going back to WWE directly after that? Will it be like a situation where we can kind of read between the lines if she's going by the moniker of Sasha Banks going into New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom, if that's true? Because I feel like they have the rights to that. Yeah, WWE is in a unique situation here where they have, she's still under contract with them. She was never officially released. So they kind of own the rights to Sasha Banks working anywhere. So it makes you, it, it leads you to believe that she would have had to have gotten this cleared um, unless she's just randomly showing up in the audience and not doing anything, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. Her, her versus Carrie seems like a really fun return for Sasha Banks. If I, if I was WWE, even if you are tied into this, uh, I would have her go by her real name in Japan. And cause that'll just play out. Oh, is she ever going to go back to WWE or whatever? So it just makes the surprise bigger. If you call her Sasha, Sasha Banks, then it kind of, like you said, it kind of hits the nail on the head. You know, she's going to be returning. So I would almost even tease it out further if I was WWE, but that's good news. Just that she's going to be back in wrestling in general. Um, it also kind of, as we've seen recently, shows that Triple H is more open to working with some of these Japanese uh, companies, which I think is a, a great thing. It's something I said should have happened a long time ago, specifically when NXT was on fire and they started to go against AEW. I was like, you should get ahead of this AEW New Japan shit and start working with New Japan, um, get a working relationship. So maybe hopefully it'll lead to something like that. But Wrestle Kingdom in general is going to be crazy if Sasha is there and wrestles a match. It'll kind of be like you'll have you'll have New Japan matches, and then you'll have <laughs> AEW superstars there and WWE superstars. It's kind of like going to be one big show of these companies that we've kind of wanted to see for a while. So that I mean that in itself is very interesting. Yeah, no, that that's a very good point. Um, this will be the biggest show with you know people of different. Because I guess the other one would have been the Ric Flair show, but that was much smaller in comparison to... I mean, Wrestle Kingdom itself is my second favorite pay-per-view of the year uh, after WrestleMania. Um, I just have so much fun with it. And this year, you know, with Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega, we don't know where Okada's going to be exactly. We don't know who Jay White's going to be going against. Um there, there, it's going to be one hell of a fucking pay-per-view, and I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, and Sasha Banks and Kari Sane, 
uh, Kari Hojo, you know, sounds like a great match if that's the case. But uh, PW Insider is the one who reported this, and they usually get, you know, pretty damn good scoops. So I would uh, keep this in mind as something that might be happening in the future, guys. So I don't know. Any last uh, comments about this before we move on? No, I mean, it just it seems like it's confirmed everywhere that I saw. So it's pretty awesome. Definitely looking forward to it. Uh, surprised, you would think. If someone was going to have a big female match for a cross promotion, it wouldn't be Sasha Banks. It'd be your, you know, your AEW champion. But it's kind of that's that's kind of the weird part about this. Well, they have a relationship, right? I guess. AEW yeah. Japan, I think. I, I, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I was, you know, if I was AEW in this situation, I wouldn't necessarily be stoked about. <laughs> than bringing in a WWE talent when you have, you know, um, when you have, you know, Britt Baker that could be in the spot or, you know, one of your female talents. So that, that, that'll probably be an interesting conversation. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, let's talk about this one. This is kind of like a shorter one. So, Basically, it was reported that Miro, who was already done with the television series, you know, recording it that he was a part of or whatever movies, whatever he was doing, that was done. Uh, He's completely, you know, not injured and just waiting on response from Tony of what to do with him. Um, Then there was an update uh, from Tony Khan's behalf that said that they had tried to you know, situate a creative concept for Miro's return and he turned it down. Um, so now it's, I, I really don't know who is to necessarily blame because I don't know the creative that was put forth towards Miro. Um, that before it sounds like he was sitting out, they didn't have something for him. Then they tell him something. He doesn't like it, so they just keep him out until they can figure out something else. Uh, You know, was it bad creative, or is he being difficult? I have no idea. I just know that I see wrestlers on Dynamite and also Rampage, which I don't think helps Rampage. You know, it got, what, from not last night. We don't know, you know, the ratings on that, but the... Week before it had like between 300 to 400,000 or yeah, 400,000 viewers. Although it was, I think, on a wonky time or whatever. I don't remember exactly. I'm just saying, QT Marshall, I like him. Like a lot of guys that they feature. Not more than people like Miro and Jay Lethal and FTR uh, to some extent. Unless, you know, they're having a big match that, or a singles match for some reason with Dax. I mean, Dax only has one one match singles-wise, which are always good matches, but it was against his partner, uh, Cash. I just, I, I, I don't know how you don't find creative for people like Miro or Brian Cage or, or some guys that, or, or Powerhouse Hobbs, really, you know. He lost throughout all this. Now he has vignettes. He's building himself up, but for what? But you know, I, I see, I see people 
that I don't give a fuck about also on their main product constantly. So I don't know. I'm not trying to take Miro's side. Maybe I am. I don't know. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of the update we always get for Miro, right? Um, I don't think that Miro is just turning down all of these creative ideas, really. And uh, if he is, and you think he should do that, he should just fucking do it. It's his job. If he doesn't want to be there, fire him. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know what to tell you if you're Tony Khan, right? Like, hey, this is the story you're fucking going with, regardless of if you like it or not. You know, like, you can't be best friends with everybody. Um so it's kind of a weird situation, but yeah, this is pretty much the update like we got last time when we hadn't seen Miro for a long period of time. And they, and you know, part of this is all of the shit that happened with Malachi Black, where he was leaving the company or trying to leave the company and then said that we were all full of shit or whatever the fuck, whatever version of the story he is going with currently after basically being told he's not going to be able to be released from his contract. Uh, you know, that bullshit killed off the storyline that they were building with Miro. And then they didn't have anything for him to do. So, I mean, I think there is some truth to that because his storyline and what they were building, which was either him joining House of Black or feuding with House of the House of Black, kind of got murdered because Malachi did that fucking weird shit. And they're like, okay, well, if he's going to go take this time off or not be here, it's kind of hard to build a storyline with Miro. So it's like, how do you bring him in? You know, you kind of want to bring him in in a, a big way, but they have all of their main event guys tied up in kind of the same storyline with up until I guess William Regal leaving recently. So it's like where the fuck do you even put him? I mean I guess you could put him in one of your mid card events, but it's like what well, I could see why they would have difficulty coming up with creative for him, but it shouldn't be this damn hard. Like send him out there to have good matches with people at least. I have no idea why they're not you know give him a winning streak or something against random people. Yeah I, I agree with you. I mean, I've always liked Nero. I think that he's got charisma for days. Powerful motherfucker. You know, a little bit Hulk Hogan, a little bit Iron Sheik, a little bit Scott Steiner, all in one great packaged professional wrestler. Uh, I hope they find something for him. Because I think that we, this is the same issue that he had in WWE. You know what I'm saying? Like, I kind of hate it for him, and I can see where he, if he doesn't want to be a part of created, uh, like some type of concept that's put towards him, but at the same time, like you said, if Tony wants him to fucking do it, he needs to quit acting the way he does and tell him to fucking do it, um, and quit being so goddamn friendly with everyone, but if it's more of, also at the same time, if it's it, if Mira thinks it's going to make him look fucking stupid or whatever, then why... Can't they figure out something better for someone that actually had, you know, he was recognizable more so than no offense, Wheeler Yuta or fucking Daniel Garcia, who's always in the goddamn main event every other week. Like, you can't just figure out a match. Like you said, build them up. I think that's bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I mean, it kind of does suck because they had plans with House of Black or whatever, and then that kind of got shit canned. But I mean, even if you don't have anything to do, there's no way that you can tell me that there you shouldn't at least have him having fucking matches. Like, even if you don't have a storyline, you guys put random fucking matches on TV all the time. Like, if you're going to put random matches on, you might as well have one of them be Miro. <laughs> like, I, that's the part I don't get. Like, 
maybe he doesn't want to do the big storyline that Tony is presenting out there, but instead of just being like, okay, well, let me pay you money and you can sit at home, like find something <laughs> for the fucking guy to do. Like, <laughs> and if you got nothing for yeah, him to man. do, fire him, you know, release him from his contract. Like, I don't know why you would sit there and pay someone money to do nothing. That has always been like the craziest thing to me. And I know, you know, WWE is notorious for this. They will hire people just so other people can't have them. But uh, yeah, I don't think that anyone's really getting super hyped on trying to re-sign Miro in WWE. So at this point, like, I don't know that Tony really needs to worry about that. And it's just, it's so fucking weird because it's like when he came back and he's, you know, they put him in that stupid video game. If if that, if the creative was worse than that video game bullshit that they had him in with like Hip Sabian, then God, what was it? You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of why yeah. the Tony Khan statements don't really make sense unless the idea was really, really fucking dumb because that whole entire video game angle with Kip Sabian and, uh, was it is Penelope Ford, his wife? I can't remember. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is, I'm happy. I'm worried for Trent seven now that he's a part of his little thing. Like, is, is Trent going to be the new video gamer with fucking gray haired Kip Sabian that I still don't understand why is never mind. I'm just not going to get into it, but yeah, Miro, <laughs> um, you I'm sorry, about- Kip Sabian is holding back Penelope Ford. I'll just say it. Sorry. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about you putting on a goddamn sack on your head. You didn't even beat Pac. What is your point? Another guy. <laughs> sorry, there's a lot of them in there. We're going to go yeah, through this. Trust me, we, we're, we're going to go through people <laughs> off the fucking list later. Yeah, I mean, like, think about you know, bad things, storylines, like what the hell did they present to Miro? They, they literally had a guy wear a box on his head for eight months to just get beat (laughs) and then never like explain why the fuck he was wearing a box. Like what was the idea that they pitched to Miro that was so terrible? He was like, no, no way. You know what I mean? I mean, this is a guy that's done some, some dumb shit in his career when he was in WWE storyline wise. Yeah. Letting Um, his wife make out with Bobby Lashley for a stupid storyline. Yeah, that's the part where I don't necessarily buy what Tony Khan is waxing poetically here, just because, you know, Miro hasn't ever really, he's never really, it's been talked about as like a backstage problem or someone that refuses to do certain things creatively. So it doesn't really necessarily match up for what we know about Miro. And um, he's never really been considered like a person that was hard to work with. Like, I've never heard that story out there. So. Uh, I'm just assuming that Tony Khan forgot that he existed on his roster. <laughs> I'm being completely honest. Which, uh, you know, I guess when you're fucking main roster talents fighting each other and you have to do like internal investigations and shit, you probably aren't focusing on your uh, someone that's not really been on the show in a couple months. It's kind of like a weird fucking AEW is so weird sometimes. Yeah, just a little bit. And sometimes I feel like Tony's a bit too nice. Um, I mean, we're about to go into something else that kind of proves that point uh, with our next, pretty much the last uh, news item. William Regal, we talked about this last week, man. He's done. He's done with AEW. He talked to Tony. Um, and presented the fact that he didn't want to extend his contract. Um, and basically, if he could get out uh, early, not even a year out, 
the thing he presented to him was his son and how he's there and he wants to help him and mold him for the future. Now, all of wrestling fans know that that might be definitely part of it, but come the fuck on. We all know what he could be utilized for. Like Gabe Sapolsky, like Shawn Michaels, uh, like, you know, uh, Paul Heyman, Triple H wants all of his generals a part of the company. And this was the last one, someone that Triple H, when he came into the business, was working with at a very young age. And he considers, you know, personally, like he was one of his biggest teachers up there with Killer Kowalski, who taught him originally. So we know of their relationship. We know of NXT. And Regal was going to do this no matter what, but asking for, you know, an early release and for Tony not to tack on another year, which he had that option. And Tony allowed him to do that. And the main thing, we found out that Tony, uh, his mother, had a stroke, a severe stroke. And, you know, she's, she's still alive, but just the concept of family and understanding where people are and just being a good dude, he allowed Regal to do this. Now, Regal is not going to be on television. He still has to work out the contract time period. So it was more of a discussion and an exact contract to get Regal out. But Tony did not have to do that. I don't think he has to do a lot of certain situations that he gets himself into. Um, and sometimes, and I, I feel terrible about his mom. I hope she gets in best health and everything like that. And he didn't have to disclose any of this information, you know. But when it comes down to it, maybe not with William Regal per se. He seems like a pretty genuine good dude. But it seems like, you know, whether it be a CM Punk situation or um, people trying like Andrade, like we talked about Malachi, uh, or his V, you know, his uh, VI, his VIPs, his, his uh, you know, VPs in the company. It seems like he's kind of easily taken advantage of sometimes, and I wish that he would put his foot down a little bit. I don't blame him for allowing William Regal to do this, and I'm happy that he gets to work with his son, who looks fucking exactly like him. It's it's kind of weird. Also kind of like Raj Daltrey a bit, but it's he's not going back just for that. You know, it's it's he's needed elsewhere. I think they wrapped it up actually really well with him, um, and especially that promo that he did pre-recorded before he got attacked by MJF. I, I think all that actually worked out. He'll be missed, I think, in that capacity. But at the same time, I don't think he was utilized to the best. I think that Regal is a great on-air personality, but backstage and being an enforcer and someone that can kind of put stuff together, that's his best utilization. Uh, but we'll have to see. Um, like I said, I think that I'm assuming that he's going to come back and, and first try to help Sean really redevelop NXT again, but he's going to be one of Hunter's right-hand mans. And if Sean's not already this person, maybe he will be that Pat Patterson to Triple H's Vince, but kudos to Tony. Like I said, he didn't have to do any of this and he did. And like I said, also the best wishes to his mom, um, cause that's definitely a difficult situation. Maybe I should give Tony a little bit of credit because of the fact that personally I've given him a lot of shit and he's dealing with 
Maybe, and I think he still spreads himself too thin, you know, with the Fulham soccer team, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, with this. But in this type of situation, that's that's a huge uh, – my father was on his deathbed, and he's fine now, but this was years ago. That's a fucking stress and something that really affects you. So to deal with all that type of shit and that – you got to give him a little bit. And also everything that was going on in his fucking company the last couple of months. I got to give him some kudos for that. Chris, uh, what do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, it was very nice of Tony to let William Regal go. I don't know that I would have uh, necessarily just because you just you built up this entire group with kind of William Regal as the linchpin. That's a big part of your main event. Um, and then you kind of just have to write him off right away kind of the way they did and i don't know man it, he he's a better man than me because i you know if you're just going to pay people to sit at home that's probably what i would have done with william regal as opposed to letting him go to wwe uh but it's, it's a it's a nice thing you know a nice thing for tony to do and it, it does suck to hear about um you know his his mom's health issues and stuff and hopefully you know she gets better soon and obviously we send well wishes from from our show but yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a weird one. I mean, you knew when Triple H came back that William Regal was probably like, fuck, I should have waited around a little bit before signing that deal. And it seems like there's a few people that, like we've seen recently, and we talked about it, you know, three years ago when people first started jumping over to AEW from WWE, you know, we were like, this will eventually be the other way. You know what I mean? Like we're okay, well, I don't got nothing going on here. Why don't I move? And, and we kind of saw the first big name, you know, with Cody Rhodes. And I think this is a, a big yep. name too that has a, has a massive effect on what their fucking storyline was going forward. I'm assuming that they were going to have him and, you know, MJF together for a while. You know, they wrote it off. It worked well because it's MJF. But you, you have to think that, you know, that was not the original idea of where they were taking that thing, right? Like, I would assume that they were going to draw that out at least a good bit longer and at least until the next title match MJF had, you know, so it's, it's just kind of sucks. I mean, it's cool. I, I like William Regal a lot. I'm sure he'll do great things in NXT. It's, I, I get why triple H wants him there. Um, and as far as, like you said, Tony Khan stretching himself too thin, you know, there is understanding of, you know, he's being a nice guy and he is doing this, but, but at some point you do have to be a dick, right? Like you can't, you can't be the nice guy all the time. And if you're stretched so thin, like, you know, take a step back. You have you have people there, the Arn Andersons, the, you know, people like that in the back. That can William Regal? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, even with what he has left, right? Like, there's still, like, you know, Arn Anderson was there. You had Jake the Snake Roberts. You have uh, Dean Malenko. You, I mean, you have, like, a wealth of wrestling knowledge there. Just the people, Jerry Lynn. You know, just people working in the back that have years and years of wrestling knowledge. Like, if you know, if you need to step away for a little bit or kind of give yourself a little bit of a break, it's not going to kill you to let them book Rampage. I can. <laughs> it's it's less likely that anyone will see it anyways. So maybe, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> but you know, take a step back if you need to tip a, take a step back. It's not the world's not going to end. You you know, you have your big stuff set up already. You don't need to book every show to the level of detail. It sounds like that Tony does a lot and. Uh, for better or worse, but, you know, appreciate, you know, that's the part about Tony Khan that's awesome is that he is a wrestling fan, but it, it kind of fucking bites him in the ass a lot, it seems. You know what I mean? Like, being more of a fan than an actual promoter 
seems to fuck Tony up a lot. I agree, man. And he's going to learn, <laughs> I mean, forcibly throughout more years uh, and more practice that this is not going to change up and probably in certain regards. Like I'm saying, like, you know, you got Andrade, you got Malachi, you got also who's, you know, been hurt, but like Adam Cole, who has a relationship with Triple H. You have Samoa Joe, who knows what's going to happen once he's done. Just recently, he's been finally fucking utilized on television. Before that, he wasn't. Uh, you got also newer talents, like your MJFs, the bidding war of 2024. You know, uh, someone that really impressed a lot of people, including myself, Ricky Starks. You know, it's going to happen. You're going to get other people from WWE, but this is going to continue to happen. And maybe just a handshake, you know, like, like not saying that Tony does that, but the whole concept of like just a handshake, like Ric Flair, when he was in WWF, he didn't sign an official contract because Vince told him if we didn't have room for you in a high capacity, you could go back to WCW. And it was on a handshake. That shit doesn't happen anymore. Um, there's too much legality at risk and, you know, kind of being more of an enforcer and also utilizing, like we said a million times, some of the great minds that you have, whether it be a Jim Ross, whether it be a Billy Gunn, whether it be a Aaron Anderson, uh, Dean Malenko, Jerry Lynn, all these minds that you have that understand wrestling on a very high level, you can use them and not just, it seems like, do the shows with QT Marshall. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to get more interesting as we go. But major thing is, yeah, it's in the- I hope I hope that his mom is fine and and gets better from the stroke she had. That sounds terrible, and it would be terrible to deal with, especially being the owner of a company like AEW. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent on that. And it, life is not going to get any easier for Tony because they're going to fucking roll out this Ring of Honor show regardless. Yep. So you know, I don't. How how the hell you're gonna book six wrestling shows a week? I have no no clue. Plus, do everything else that Tony does. Um, I I said it in the past. Like, there's no reason not to bring back in Delirious and let him book. Like the booking in Ring of Honor was never the problem. It was the fact that they couldn't get any fucking money to hire people and put on a show that looked good. That's not a problem, right? At this point, there's no reason why you couldn't bring back in Delirious, give him an actual budget, and have him book the show. Yeah, if if Hunter Delirious and fucking Gabe Sapolsky was running Ring of Honor, why wouldn't you do that? But you now you don't have Gabe as an option. You almost did. But yeah, give Delirious that. I don't know. It's just... It's been weird with the whole Ring of Honor thing. We're going to talk about the pay-per-view that's going on, I think, soon. Because it's a Saturday afternoon fucking pay-per-view. I don't fuck it. it, it get it a show. Because... <laughs> Yeah. It's also weird seeing Vincent show up in the NXT crowd. Like are there there Ring of Honor stars that are going to be signing with NXT now basically? Like what how are the how the hell are they going to rebuild this roster from just cuz right now as far as I know they what they have like maybe 10 people from Ring of Honor signed. Like I don't Pretty know much. how you're going to do a weekly show like you're kind of going to have to do a brand split almost and dedicate some of these people you're not utilizing, maybe like a Miro yep. or whoever, over to Ring of Honor. 
Um, I mean, it it, it kind of really is like a WWE brand split if you think about it. Like maybe they need to do a fucking draft or something. And when Tony was addressing some of the Ring of Honor stuff, he even said he doesn't want. The main reason he wants Ring of Honor show is so that he doesn't have to have the Ring of Honor championships on the AEW show. He wants them to have their own separate thing. And maybe, I don't know, I, I think that what they should do, Ring of Honor honestly should be their, not their, very, not their de- developmental per se, but like an NXT style show and maybe a studio show that, that just, you know, by itself and just has its audience, you build it from wherever it is. Obviously, Jacksonville is a good area. And, you know, you just you do it like that. Sometimes you travel, you have pay-per-views at bigger places, but make it more condensed like that because it's worked for NXT. It worked for Ring of Honor. Um, I don't I don't I don't know why that wouldn't be like I, I would honestly do a studio show. I wouldn't even use uh, Daily's Place. I would kind of have it smaller. I would even consider doing Rampage like that, but don't even get me started. But. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, Chris. Yeah, like I, how they're going to have to do something. How the hell are they going to book this stuff? Because right now what they do is they film all their shows on Wednesday, basically, right? Yep. Like during the live event. How the hell? They, there's no way they can add another one-hour show to that. Like you were telling me when you went, it was what? You got out of there at like 1230 or something? <laughs> like It was weird. Um that's, you know, I've been to Rawls and stuff before, and that's a lot, but they kind of realized that. They stopped filming main event and shit uh, before Raw. You know, they'll have their one dark match after the live show, but that's you kind of run into that problem where, you know, you don't want your fans to feel like they have a fucking chore, and that's kind of like when you watch Dark and stuff. It's like sometimes the crowd is just fucking dead because they've been sitting there for <laughs> five hours. Um Ugh. Yeah, I, I, I just, you know, with Ring of Honor, when they first bought it, I thought immediately they were buying it because of the licensing, right? Just owning the rights to those videos and that they were more aiming to do like a streaming service thing. Um, but then they started doing these actual pay-per-views and like bringing the, the titles on their TV show. And so, I mean, you would have to assume a Ring of Honor show is coming. I would assume that that's going to be streaming. Uh, we're kind of going to talk about this pay-per-view later, but like, looks like you're going to put the belts on the Briscoes today. <laughs> and you're definitely not going to be able to have them on uh, TBS or whatever. Like, he's openly came out and said, like, look, I want the Briscoes here, but I can't I can't put them on TV. If I could, they would be on TV. Right? Yep. <laughs> so he's in this weird situation. I'm assuming they were going to end up seeing that shit on, like, Discovery Plus or HBO or they're going to have to launch their own streaming service or who the hell knows, but it's, it's just another thing that Tony has going on. That's way too many pots on the fire kind of thing. And, uh, you know, bringing in like someone like a delirious, like I said, I would think could potentially just make a lot of sense for him. Um, especially if you're going to be running ring of honor as a weekly show, a lot of these ring of honor guys that you have there have already worked for delirious. You know, you know, he's a steady booker. And this is not, it doesn't seem like this is Tony's primary focus. So I, I don't know, man, that's a lot of fucking wrestling to book a week. I'll say that. It absolutely is. Uh, but you know, as time goes, we're going to have to like find out what Tony does, but hopefully 
he does a couple things differently. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. So I don't know beyond that. Yeah, I mean, you kind of look at what they have for Ring of Honor, right? And you, if you were, and I guess we'll talk about this a little later when we get into rosters, keeps, and and draft it, redrafting, basically. Um, but as far as people that they have signed that you associate with Ring of Honor, they have like Bandito, the Briscoes, um, Samoa Joe, Cesaro, and then outside of that. Like I guess Dalton Castle is signed with him, right? I put Jay Lethal um, over there. Yeah, Jay Lethal. I'm just trying to think, like, you know, if you're booking a wrestling show, it does you don't need like 30 people on the roster, but goddamn, you need more than 10. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it's just kind of hard to think, like, who are they going to lump into that show, and are they going to start bringing back in, like, you know, people like Hamburger and putting them more on a full time basis once that thing gets off and running? But um, I don't know. Do you want to talk about this fucking pay-per-view? We might as well, since we're talking about Ring of Honor. Let's uh, let's go over Final Battle, which is today. <laughs> like I said, uh, I think it's it might be on already. It's over in Texas. It was during the daytime. Maybe it's starting up uh, in an hour or so. I don't, I'm not 100% sure. But, well, at least Wikipedia doesn't have an update saying that the matches have happened, even on the pre-show. So I guess it has not started yet. But the pre-show... Let's go over some of these matches that were, you know, put together very quickly. Uh, Willow Nightingale and Trish Adora. I'm going to assume William, William, uh, Willow Nightingale is going to win because I don't know who the hell Trish Adora is. Uh, she um, Didn't she do some stuff in MLW? Am I crazy about that? She did stuff in Ring of Honor. She's been on uh, AEW apparently and MLW. Let me see. Uh, Game Changer Wrestling, Progress, but I don't know her that well at all. So, Yeah, I feel like I've seen a couple of her matches, but not like it's never been someone I've actively followed. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I would assume that you're putting Willow Nightingale over because I would I would think that she is going to be the primary women focus on the Ring of Honor show because it seems like that's how they built her um, as far as these past Ring of Honor pay-per-views. So you would think that she's going to win here. And then yeah. probably set up an angle for whatever they're doing next. Somebody's going to come out and beat her ass after the match or something. That would be my guess, at least. Or maybe she goes against whoever wins between uh, Athena and uh, Mercedes Martinez later on. Um, something like that. <clears throat> See, that's a fucking weird one to put on Ring of Honor either, because I don't associate either of those wrestlers with <laughs> Ring of Honor like at all. We'll get there. But yeah, I agree with you. Um, all right, so we have the Kingdom, uh, who recently just signed Mike Bennett and Matt Taven going against Top Flight. Both Dante and Darius Martin, that should be a really cool show. Or a cool show. Cool match. I'm surprised it's actually on the pre-show. Um, but I do see the Kingdom going over in a competitive match. Yeah, I would say the kingdom is going over because they're going to have to have something for the Briscoes to do besides wrestle FTR once they pick there up you, the titles, right? There so. you go. Um, all right, so we have the Jericho Appreciation Society, uh, Angelo Parker and Matt Menard going going against Shinobi Shadow Squad. So Eli Ism and Cheeseburger. I have not seen that team win one time yet on the pre-show, so I'm going to assume that... Uh, Angela Parker and Matt Menard win that match. 
but I don't care about it at all. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm kind of with you on this. I don't necessarily know that I care about the match. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with the same prediction you have on that, just because you die. I, I don't know. They don't seem like they're gonna be putting over cheeseburger anytime soon. <laughs> no. He, right, this he is, one, there is, here's, he's like Ring of Honor squash guy for them, basically. So I'm assuming yeah. that this match is going to be like four minutes long. Yeah, he's 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 Ring of Honor's Tozawa, basically. Um, and no, he's not as good as Tozawa in the ring. Um, so we have the former Grand Metal. This is a really weird match, and especially since it's on the pre-show. Neither one of these guys are associated with Ring of Honor. But we have Miscara Dorado who is Grand Metalik from WWE, released uh, a while back, going against Jeff Cobb in a singles match, which I want to see that fucking match. I'm assuming Jeff Cobb's going to win. Um, you know, he's a part of New Japan. He's in Will Ospreay's unit. But uh, that's an interesting fucking match to put on the pre-show, Chris. Grand Metalik yeah, against Jeff kinda- Cobb. Yeah, this is kind of like the first match that you named that actually does seem like something Ring of Honor would do. You know what I mean? <laughs> like bringing Jeff Cobb in a lucha, essentially. Um, that does seem very Ring of Honor. So I'm excited. That's going to be a really, really fun match. Uh, Jeff Cobb signed with AEW, remember, like randomly. And then I don't know what yeah. happened there. They like released him and he went back to Japan. He was in Impact for a little bit. Then that, like, uh, I don't know. Was he part of that speak out movement? I feel like something happened, right, with him. No, I don't, I, he didn't get anything like that, I don't think, the, the Me Too-ish stuff. Something happened with him recently where he kind of got into trouble, but I can't remember what it what it was, and it seemed like some of the companies had stepped back from him a little bit, and then he's had like a really good New Japan run, so. Yeah, uh, I I just know that he's been in New Japan for a while, that's about it, though. Um, yeah, I mean, this is kind of going back quite a bit, because they, didn't, they, bring, they brought him in to fucking wrestle Moxley, and I was like, oh shit, they signed Jeff Cobb. And then, nah. <laughs> Basically, he was like an impact for like a month, and then he went to Japan. Uh, I hope. I mean, if if you want somebody for the Ring of Honor roster, that's not a fucking bad choice. Jeff Cobb's awesome. Yeah, no shit. All right, so now we start off the main card. Um, this one's gonna be interesting. Uh, three-way match. Blake Christian has a lot of potential. Ar Fox, a land native. They're going against La Faction in Grenables, uh, the original version of that, uh, with Rouge and his brother, Trolistico. So I'm going to try to explain this really quick. Trolistico is the second Mystico. But Mystico was big in Mexico. He went over to WWE, became Sin Cara, and ended up not working out, and they got another Sin Cara. Well, when he came back, he went by, I believe, Callistico because they gave another dude uh, the Mystico moniker. And basically, he gave back that moniker to the original Mystico and is now going by Drillistico. So I hope that you understood that. I don't expect you to understand that, but uh, I tried. <laughs> I fucking tried. I fucking tried. So that's why there's. Yeah, two of and them. fucking. Isn't Mystico something else now, too? Or he has like no, various versions depending on what Mist- mask Mystico, he's wearing? <laughs> Mystico is now just straight up Mystico. He's back to his original name. The second Mystico that had the permission to use the moniker gave it back to the originator so he didn't have to go by Callistico or whatever the fuck it was. And now he is Drillistico. Um, and brothers with uh, Roosh and Dragon Lee. 
their their other brother. Mystico is kind of a weird one because it's hard to really put everything that happened with him and as Sin Cara on WWE. I mean, they did some stupid shit like the lighting and stuff. But, you know, when they signed him, he was like the hottest, like one of the hottest talents out there. And even since he's went back to, you know, Mexico afterwards, it's not like he's highly talked about anymore. The guy kind of just disappeared. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know he's still over there, but when you think of like AAA or... Uh, I can't think of the other promotion's name right now, right offhand for some reason. But CMLL. When you think about, yeah, when you think about those companies and their top guys, like Mystico is not really the name I think of right off right off the rip. But yeah, as far as like trying to explain Lucha, it's Lucha gonna Lucha. Like there's like 17 fucking Laparcas, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like uh, that's just something they do there. That's not a big deal, and that's something you can kind of get away with with having Lucha mask and kind of the character, the luchador character itself being bigger than the, uh, the, the performer under the mask. And there's not, scenarios. there's not much of a difference between them labeling and licensing the name that WWE does, you know, I mean, go in there, you might make a character get over, but not necessarily you're leaving with that character. If you go somewhere else, um, because you didn't create it. So I guess that's, same way AAA applies it, you know, with LA Park, with Psychosis, with Mystico, with any big name. And not only that, they have the uh, the ability to hide the person under a mask, so kids are not going to notice, you know? Yeah, and it's just kind of common with them, right? Like, it, it, yeah. I guess if, you, if you're a big AAA fan, this is not anything crazy when you see people shift back and forth. Um, but yeah, uh, should be a good fucking match. I'm glad that Grand Metalik is doing stuff here in America. That's cool. Me too. This is the first time I've seen him in a fucking a while. I think he was on he was on one of the pay-per-views we watched. Triple A, um, I believe, for, right? For trip for Triple A, but was he on the last Triple Mania? I think he was on the last Triple Mania. That's probably he might have the, the last time I, I've seen him. But yeah, like you were saying, I mean, even someone like Pentagon doesn't technically have the full. <laughs> Like licensing no, that's to their name. Why, that's why Penta goes by Penta El. Uh, what is it? El Zero Miro. Um, because he can't use Pentagon unless he's in the actual company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. Um, and I mean, even with, I like like you were saying, I think it's just common with Lucha Wrestling because even like Lucha Underground did that. Like, there's mm-hmm. names that characters can't use here in the U.S. because Lucha Underground technically, I guess, created their characters. This is like why you probably will never see a Prince Puma again. Yeah. Unfortunately. No shit. Uh, but somehow, like Mil Masker, or not Mil Masker, Mil Martez, you know, he can use that. And I have no idea how. <laughs> he's like one of the only guys uh, from that era who, I mean, he's El Macias. He's, he's, he's known without a mask, but now he can use that in MLW and other companies. And. I don't know how he does it, but, you know. Maybe it's because he's one of the people that stayed around as that company was dying. <laughs> so they just Possibly. don't give him a hard time about it, <laughs> I guess. Possibly. It's unfortunate, sure. that, it's unfortunate that Lucha Underground uh, wasn't more popular than it was, because I think it's kind of a very unique viewing experience, and there were some, definitely some good matches there. Um, Dude, the two things that really caught my eye when I first started watching wrestling again was Lucha Underground NXT. They really had me much more hooked than WWE's main product at the time. 
So, yeah, I, I would, I would like for someone to try to do that again, and maybe that's going to be like something. Because what Freddie, Freddie Prince Jr. was kind of putting out there as like his original idea is like, okay, so it's like Lucha Underground, but without luchas. Okay. <laughs> See, I like that like, idea. Go ahead, sir. No, I like that idea, honestly. Um, Lucha Underground was cool by itself because it was kind of like using mythology and their style of fighting, the Lucha Libre, was kind of like a almost like a Hispanic version of Mortal Kombat, if you will, but with wrestling, like the way they played it out. And they went really deep with characters, and they had like, you know, those cinematic moments where obviously the camera should not be following these people. He's not supposed to be there, and just really fucking creative. I always dug it. And if Freddie wants to try something like that, go for it. But uh, I don't know what fucking wrestlers he's going to use unless he buys out some companies. So... When I try to explain Lucha Underground to people, I just, like, relate all of the storylines to Tekken. I was like, have you ever played Tekken? <laughs> Tekken, or, or you say, like, you know, like, uh, Central American fucking Mortal Kombat or some shit. Yeah, because it's, like, literally they have, like, volcanoes and shit in Lucha Underground. It's kind of wild. Uh, I miss it because it, it was unique, you know? Um, I'm not going to say the idea was completely original because didn't Wrestling Society X on MTV kind of do something similar? Wow, completely forgot about that. Who was on that show? Our fucking crazy cat boy Teddy Hart. He was he was one of the cats on that show. <laughs> he would be, man. Uh, I think X Pac was on there. I'm trying to think of other big names that was part of that. I mean, it only lasted like one season, so one or two seasons. But yeah, I mean, that was that's just what I'm saying. It's kind of a similar idea to what Freddie Prince is. Has been out there pushing with his his uh, promotion, and uh, I think it'll work. You know, if you spend money and get good wrestlers, um, like it's not the worst idea in the world. It's the thing that killed Lucha Underground is being stuck on the El Rey network and it not getting out to as many homes as it could have, and also not getting that put on channels like Telemundo, um, so that people in you know Mexico would be able to see it. I would have almost that's if a I good was doing point. show, I would have broadcasted it in like multiple languages as well. Because like you're you're trying to well, appeal especially to the show. They had Chavo Guerrero, they had Rey Mysterio Jr., they had all these fucking cats, Conan, Vampiro, that people knew <laughs> why Yeah, that that's a huge good point of why the hell they didn't utilize that and put it on Telemundo. Ugh, what are you gonna do? Yeah, and to try to—I I don't know if maybe there's exclusivity with a AAA and CMLL, but you would—you would think that this—that would have been bigger in Mexico, based well, it, on the it, fact that they have so many big cats from <laughs> those various well, promotions on Lucha Underground. Yeah, because they had LA Park, they had all the the up and coming guys. I mean, the fucking show, the whole network, really, but the whole the fucking show was produced. Apparently, it was very hands on by Robert Rodriguez. I really do want to go back and just rewatch it because it's actually just a really good television show, you know? We yeah, always I mean, it's end fun. up gushing about the show. It's because it's so weird and unique. Like, it's its own niche thing, but they also didn't just rely on that. Like, they had good-ass wrestling and good-ass wrestlers. Like, that fucking... The very first episode of Lucha Underground, you get fucking Prince Puma versus uh, Jomo, Johnny Gimmick name, and it's a fucking great match. 
Like they started that show off with a banger and kept, you know, bringing in good talent and doing weird, niche, think, interesting stuff. Do you think that Penta would be as big as he is today without Lucha Underground? Popularity wise? Not to the American audience. Yeah, because he blew. I mean, he's arguably him and his brother Ray Phoenix are arguably the two biggest luchadors in the world. I would say known by people uh, more so than anyone else, and I think most of that is because of Lucha Underground for sure. Uh, you know what's fucking? We're kind of going on a theme here, but did you, as far as like people that Teddy Hart has actually trained, uh, those are two that he worked with quite a lot. <laughs> the well, Lucha Brothers. There's. There, there is that. Thanks, Teddy. Yeah, it, I guess that's the one redeemable thing. <laughs> he, he helped us get the Lucha Brothers that we know and love. Uh, well, there is that then. But uh, let's let's continue with the card. Uh, we got Danny Garcia, Wheeler Yuta for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. I don't fucking care. This is the exact same. There is no one else that wants this title. There's no one else in this division. I understand. We're going to do the fucking Blackpool Combat Club, even though the guy to introduce it from Blackpool is no longer with the goddamn club, versus the Jericho Appreciation Society. Can we just fucking be done with this? Like, really? If this is supposed to be it, let it be it. Because I'm done with this whole entire thing. I don't care who wins out of the two of these guys. I like them. I like Daniel Garcia. I like Willow Yuta. I put him over. But I'm sick of seeing them all the damn time. And this is going to be the third, I, I feel like, pay-per-view for the same fucking title for Ring of Honor for them. Oh, well, this is the at least the fifth time we've seen them wrestle in a singles match for sure. Because they've done three. They did two pay-per-views for Ring of Honor. Then they had the one TV match where Daniel Garcia finally won. And I feel like they've had like two matches since then. Um. Yeah, I, I, you know, this is, this is probably going to hurt some feelings, but I think I would be okay with this title not existing, and I don't necessarily know that it fits into the format of what AEW does. Uh, so th- this might be one that I think you could put on defunct land, send that thing out <laughs> into the middle of the ocean and never talk about it again. It's an interesting concept. And certain people make it work, but if you only have two people that can fucking get the match over, then just don't do that fucking match. Like, don't have that be a title. Because this is going to be the was the pride title or whatever, where you have they have that weird. I think a lot of people just tune the fuck out when it comes to these matches because they have to explain the rules every time, and then it's like it has to be worked a very specific way. The match itself, and sometimes it works if you have like a Jonathan Gresham or someone you know that's really fucking just incredible but it's uh yeah i'm, I'm kind of just done with it and I, i'm also the same thing like uh i don't mind jericho appreciation society being a group but kind of give them their own individual things to do we don't need to see them versus another group constantly you can have a group and then it not always be like five versus five you know what i mean <laughs> like dx was a group that everyone had their own individual shit going on yeah could you imagine how Boring DX, NWO, and Four Horsemen would have been if they were like, we're all in this together. We're not going to go for all the championships and collect them. We're just going to hang out. One of us will get a championship, hopefully. Yeah, and the other thing about these Jericho groups is that they don't really ever have 
conflict with one another. I mean, they kind of tease that. And that was the most interesting part is when, you know, Brian Danielson kind of was swaying a member over to the Blackpool Combat Club. But like you said, Blackpool Combat Club in general should be fucking dead. Right? Like, <laughs> William Regal turned on the heavyweight. He turned on Moxley. <laughs> the entire group should be disbanded if Regal's not going to be there. Like, I don't know how you kind of write yourself out of that. But uh, that being said, this will be a good match. I just don't know that I care because I've seen it so much. If, yep. you, if you're, if you're going to do a fucking random match I've seen a lot, like on a Ring of Honor show, do like Kenny Omega versus Pentagon. <laughs> If we're just doing good. random shit. Yeah, like <laughs> there's other matches I would rather see if we're just gonna do like we're just gonna run back it, run it back. Yeah, or or Jay Lethal versus someone. I mean, whatever. Um, all or, right. Or so here's an idea: bring back in Jonathan Gresham and have him fucking fight for this title. That <laughs> he's kind of the one that made it what it is. Like when I think yeah. of that title, I think of Jonathan Gresham. Yep, I agree with you. All right, so the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship, we talked about this. Mercedes Martinez, who's become, you know, the the champion that's a badass. It's only shown right before a fucking pay-per-view, basically. But um, she's going against Athena, who has climbed the ranks. She is now much more heelish about what she does. Um, very aggressive with opponents. Um, and... Actually, side note, little little teeny tangent that I wanted to say, just because a lot I've seen a lot of people stick up for Athena, and she made a statement about how like, well, if guys do it like like Walter, you know, no one thinks anything of it. You know, talking about match with Ilya Dragunov, but if I am too stiff with someone, then it's a big deal. And Salamonster who sometimes I listen to his programming because I'm in a warehouse for a lot during the week. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Went off defending this concept, um, you know, in his normal aggressive way. The fucking concept itself is not so much her being stiff and, and doing this new, you know, thing where she's, rough and she beats the crap out of someone and she pins them. It was literally how reckless she was with a fucking green ass talent on like dark and fucking threw them around like nothing. And even her coach, the person that trained her, Booker T had something to say. So you loudmouth New York version with less credibility of Brian Alvarez. Fucking solemn monster, go fuck off and enjoy reality of wrestling because that makes you a supreme wrestler <laughs> fucking mind because you are someone that is the broadcaster for the biggest New York indie and you have your own show. I don't expect you to hear this. There is reasoning. This is not a sexist concept. That was worked out between Walter or Sheamus or whoever beforehand. She was reckless with a talent that wasn't good herself and being able to act upon it it's not the overall fucking storyline it was that one specific time you douchebag sorry just had to get that out i'm gonna be very honest about athena in general i was very excited for her coming in um but wwe seems to have been right in this case because she was not the same after that injury so <laughs> this is not the same athena we've seen and it has nothing to do with this match or 
the new character, she's just kind of boring, and the matches I've seen her in have been pretty bad. So I, I take that for what it is. But yeah, like no one cares if people work stiff. We've been watching fucking stardom, and it's fucking way <laughs> they lay their shit in. You know what I mean? Like uh, that's not a that's not a crazy concept, to anyone. Like um, it's not a woman thing. It's an anyone thing. Being reckless with a fucking green talent. Like, I mean, the perfect example was that she ran like 200 miles an hour and hit like a sit-out drop kick at full speed, launching this girl ass over a tea kettle. That's like a little different than Walter chopping the shit out of you. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way to really protect yourself <laughs> in that situation. Like, there was a lot of spots like that. So I, I, I completely agree with you on this. It's not... I, you know what? I fucking love starter matches. They get stiff all the time. Jamie, Jamie haters had some fucking absolutely stiff bangers in stardom. Absolutely no problem with it. Uh, but yeah, I think at this point in Athena's career in general, she's just not very good. <laughs> so <laughs> like, don't try to draw comparisons to Valter. Like one, she doesn't really have the size to pull that character off. And, uh, to, it seems like she can't fucking do it very well. If, if everyone thinks that you're giving someone a receipt or you're shooting on them, then like that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah, and, and that's the it's it's like a thing in this company that the women's wrestlers, you know, if you're if you're Thunderosa, you get shit for doing something that Athena can claim otherwise. Be it's just so stupid. I'm fucking done with it. Anyways. Athena will probably win. <laughs> what's, Mercedes what, Martinez has been used, utilized at all. So I'm assuming that Athena is going to win because she's used more. So that's my theory on the match. Mercedes Martinez is the current Ring of Honor Women's Champion, right? Yeah, this is for the belt between the two of them. Yep. I I kind of think Mercedes Martinez will retain, and they'll set up that rematch with her and Willow. All right. Because uh, it seems like this might be a launching point for whatever they're going to do with their show. And I don't necessarily know that they're going to put Athena on ring of honor full time. So if I had to make a bold prediction, that's what I would go with. So you'll, you'll see Willow Nightingale win Mercedes retain. And then that, that'll be your next feud just because they have history together. And uh, that, I mean, that would make sense. But, I think Willow's going to win, and then Athena is going to beat up Mercedes after she beats her. Willow will come out and defend her, and you will set up Willow against Athena as the new Ring of Honor champion. So, me and Chris got a little bit of a difference uh, in opinion on this match. So, we'll find out who's right. Uh, it's probably not me, but, you know, we'll find out. I think, it, I think it works either way. It just depends on if they want Athena to be on Ring of Honor once they start doing that streaming, because I would assume that that's going to be kind of a full-time gig. Do you so. hope that that maybe Tony makes some announcement tonight about that? Maybe at the top of the show? Like, it would be really nice to find out what the fuck's going on in Ring of Honor. Yeah, I think it would be awesome for him to put down, like, put together, like, a really good video package using some back catalog stuff from Ring of Honor. Um, and then him come out and talk about the legacy of Ring of Honor and announce whatever the fuck his plan is for the for the show going forward. I think that that is a great idea. Yeah, me too. All right, this match is really cool mix match. Basically, kind of like the same concept of uh, Jeff Cobb, Grand Metalik, but this is for the World Television Championship. Both great wrestlers. The champ, uh, Mr. Television himself, Samoa Joe. 
putting on the Ring of Honor World Television Championship against Juice Robinson. Um, I think that Wardlow is going to get involved to some extent, and Joe is actually going to lose this to Juice Robinson, setting up Juice for Ring of Honor and continuing a feud that doesn't seem like it's over between Samoa Joe and Wardlow for the TNT Championship that Joe has. So that's what I think. I don't know if it will happen, but what is your prediction, Chris? What's up with Juice's contract? Is he is he with New Japan still? I think he can work with New Japan, but he finished up his contract with them, and now he has signed. He is all elite. So okay. Uh, yeah, then yeah. what you put presented makes sense. I just don't know. I like with Mr. Television, Samoa Joe, that gimmick's really working, so I, I wouldn't necessarily fuck with it right now, but yeah, I can see what you're saying happening. No, I agree with you. I think you should keep it on them, but they like to kind of blow their load quickly, so. Yeah, I mean, it just depends. You would assume that you're going to get a couple title changes here, so if Athena picks up the women's title, and we probably, once we get to the main event, we'll talk about that, but. I would think those would be your big title moments. I wouldn't necessarily fuck with whatever Joe's got going on right now because he's a dastardly asshole, but goddamn, do people love him? <laughs> he's gotten that television thing over super hard. Surprise, surprise, Dane. Samoa Joe's really good at wrestling. <laughs> Holy shit, thought? can we talk about that Darby Allen match? Oh my god, that was violent. What, uh, was, what yeah. was the worst spot? Let's play that, okay? Uh, Darby going to do his normal body spear and Joe just sidestepping him and walking the fuck out of the way, having so much, you know, behind his speed that he goes over the fucking carpet onto the goddamn concrete. Or uh, maybe when Samoa Joe ripped up that same place and exposed the concrete and gave him a, a running power slam on top of it. Uh, or maybe it was a muscle buster on the fucking skateboard after he beat him. Jesus Christ, man. <sighs> this might fit into that Athena category where it was maybe a little too stiff. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm I don't know. Honest. <laughs> From all that I hear about Darby, a lot of these are his idea, which is the fucking crazy part. Oh. Yeah, I mean Joe. Joe Joe's a fucking absolute professional, so he's just gonna do whatever kind of match you want, right? But um, ah, that suicide dive spot looked fucking gnarly. That would be the one that I think probably sucked oh. the most. But oh. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Darby woke up pissing blood the next day because he took an absolute ass whipping. I think Brian Alvarez kind of summed it up best. Darby Allen would have been better off just having a shoot fight. <laughs> With Samoa Jesus Joe. Christ, he's not. He basically put his own body at rest instead of actually getting some punches off. There's yeah. also a question. We know that Wardlow and Samoa Joe seem like they're going forward, but is this potentially setting up Sting coming after Samoa Joe on behalf of Darby? Did they ever have a pass in TNA? Uh, yeah, I think they worked some matches when they were in. Um impact together the weird thing about sting's run is it's also the time that you had like the main event mafia so they kind of kept like joe it hurt people like aj styles and samoa joe like when bischoff was there so you don't get a ton of crossover but uh yeah there's definitely some samoa joe sting matches out there if you want to 
dabble into some impact. I'm just wondering if that could be a possible possibility for a feud. Like Sting actually having a first-time feud one-on-one with Samoa Joe, even for that TNT title, possibly. Um, especially if they were to like keep Darby out for like a couple weeks, act like he really got fucked up from Joe. You know, that could be uh, interesting. Yeah, I would almost have Joe fucking murder Darby again and, and set up something against Sting. I think that would be really fun. And uh, I don't know, maybe he pushes Sting too far and we get Joker Sting again, because I'm all for that. Oh, well, yes, man. I would definitely be down for that, too. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's go to the next match. We have Swerve in our glory. Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. Keith Lee does not trust Swerve Strickland. Going against Shane Taylor Promotions. Shane Taylor and J.D. Griffey? I don't know who the fuck J.D. Griffey is. I like Shane Taylor a lot. He was awesome in Ring of Honor. He just is always reminding me of, like, a bigger version of, like, a, you know, just this mean-ass motherfucker. Like, fuck people up. Like a new Jack, but, like, you know, not as rated X. Uh, and much bigger. Like the Bam Bam Bigelow. I think that, that's the comparison I made last time. Uh, I don't know who the fuck J.D. Griffey is. I'm assuming in this match, Swerve is going to fuck over Keith Lee and even possibly join Shane and and J.D. Griffey maybe as a new uh, faction or something. Um, Or he just leaves them there and he gets his ass kicked. And either way, Shane Taylor Promotions wins this match. Uh, What do you think, Chris? Who the fuck is J.D. Griffey? I, I don't know. I don't know that I've ever seen one of his matches, so I'm not going to try to try to <laughs> pretend Shane, like I know who Sh- he is, Shane Taylor Promotions didn't have anyone bigger than this. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> apparently up. not. Did J.D. Griffey, maybe I've seen him do some stuff in New Japan Strong. I mean, the name sounds familiar, but uh, I like right now I can't think of anything I've seen right offhand. I don't think I've ever seen this guy in my life. Uh, he had a W uh, match against Ethan Page on Dark years ago. Well, not years ago, May of uh, this last year. I, I don't know. Like maybe he's really fucking great, and this is a good way to introduce him is to give them a win here and set up what they're doing going forward. They're going to have to build out this tag division, regardless. So it's not it's not a bad idea. I kind of assume that Swerve is just going to leave. Uh, just straight walk out like we already didn't um and isn't it wouldn't that just be the opposite of what happened with keith lee walking out so yeah. i'll probably just run that would be my guess all right next match is for the six-man tag team champions and i think we're gonna get new ones the champs dalton castle and the boys the tate brothers brandon and brent tate are going against the embassy which is brian cage the gates of agony uh, Bishop Khan and Toa Leona and Prince Nana. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're not going to give Brian Cage some type of singles championship, and also these two other motherfuckers, especially that one big dude, I forgot which one it is out of Gates of Dagny, but he he scares me like Haku, almost. They're winning. There's no fucking way in hell, Danton Kelsey. If if and I love Castle, but <laughs> him and the fucking boys beat these three monsters. This is going to make me just roll my fucking eyes. So, uh, they'll get some gold. This is, Brian Cage is finally going to get some fucking gold, I guess. I don't know. 
this is another one of those Ring of My Honor titles that I think you don't need. Yep. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. Especially because as AEW a company, you have your own set of trios titles. What's the you point? definitely don't need together. fucking yeah. You don't need two sets of trios titles. That's like way too much shit. Well, this is just to get some more gold around people's waist that Tony likes to use more. So that's what I'm assuming, at least. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that there's a huge legacy of trios. The the trio title has a heavy following. Uh, I like Dalton Castle a lot. Like you said, they're kind of a comedy gimmick when he's with the boys doing these trios matches. I wouldn't mind them dropping the titles and then having Dalton Castle do some single stuff. I was actually surprised that they didn't do more with him harassing the Jericho Appreciation Society as a former Ring of Honor champion, to be quite honest. I, I, like, uh, I think that that would be a... Something cool you could do is have him and Jericho feud for a little bit. Yeah, uh, and I like Dalton Castle a lot. I just, I mean, if you look at him and the boys, especially, compared to the Gates of Agony and Brian Cage. Oh, anyways. All right. So we got, I think, two matches left. These are the big ones. Um, one I care a hell of a lot more than the other. <laughs> But either way, for the Ring of Honor World Championship, yeah, I'm putting this before the last one. Sorry if you have a problem with it, anyone out there. Um, we got Chris Jericho, the champ, going against Claudio. If Chris Jericho loses, he didn't really have the most meaningful run. He didn't really beat any big Ring of Honor champions like he said he was going to. And Claudio gets the belt right the fuck back. So... That's probably going to happen. So Claudio's going to win because, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Chris? Uh, I think Claudio probably is going to win, and that's why it's probably – it's going to be important for Tony to kind of drive home whatever the fuck they're going to be doing with Ring of Honor going forward. So um, a new competitor? Right, because you know Jericho is not going to be full-time Ring of Honor. Like, they're not going to do that. So if they're going to start up a show here in the next month or so specifically for Ring of Honor, it probably isn't the worst idea just to put the title on Claudio. But I think that's kind of the... If they're not starting up a new streaming show very soon, then I would probably just keep it on Jericho. There's no reason reason not to that I can think of right offhand, especially with the way that they built the character. And he's supposedly going to be challenging... All of these people, I, I still want the Chris Jericho, Jay Briscoe match. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, maybe we, Samoa Joe. I love that we named like him. eight fucking champs that are actually with the company <laughs> last week. Uh, all right, let's try to do this again. Jay Lethal. Uh, we got we got uh, Christopher Daniels. We got Frankie Kazarian. Uh, who else? Who else is a fucking past Ring of Honor champion? Samoa Joe. Um, um Brian Danielson. Bandito, <laughs> Brian Danielson. Um I mean Dalton that's Castle. A lot. <laughs> like Well he beat Dalton. Of the Briscoes. <laughs> um 
I'm trying to think of, like there you know there's more but a lot of them are signed to <laughs> WWE obviously um, but I mean the fact that they have eight that I just mentioned a part of their actual fucking roster and we had Dalton Castle, Cole Cabana and who else fucking one again oh Ishii those were the three champs he beat <laughs> anyway uh I don't know. Maybe I mean this might be a good time if, if Jericho retains and he starts being shitty to the Ring of Honor title to introduce whoever his next challenger is, and uh, uh, maybe they put aside their differences and fucking Jonathan Gresham walks out with the Leviathan mask. That'd be awesome. Let's do that. That that's a cool. uh, you know that'd be a good match for Jericho because Gresham can do a lot of the legwork there, and it's a Ring of Honor champion that I think is respected by that fan base quite a bit. So. I agree. All right, so I'm hoping I don't know. Let's just say that if Chris Jericho's match with Claudio is the last match, I'll feel like that was a little bit of politics because the match I feel like and they just fucking brought it up this last dynamite out of nowhere really quickly at the end. But the match I think everyone's <laughs> looking forward to is the third match, a double dog collar match for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. FTR, the champs, also the AAA champions, the IWGP champions, uh, are going against the Briscoes, Jay Briscoe and Mark Briscoe. Double dog collar. I don't even know how the fuck they're going to pull that off, Chris. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, wait, this is it. This is the pay-per-view. I'm, I'm trying to think of the last time I saw a double dog collar match. It'd be fucking maybe the Steiner brothers. I don't know, man, but I feel like this is the biggest match on the show, and this is actually one. I love FTR. They had a fucking awesome match against the Acclaim. They put them over, and and good for them. I feel like that could have been on Winter's Coming and Building Up, and I got an argument with someone that was an AEW-only fan. Shows your pussy online or some shit. You know, those dudes. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, just I just wanted a little bit more build-up. But they had a great match. FTR put them over. Now they're going against the Briscoes. Drop the Ring of Honor belts to the Briscoes. I think that's the best thing to do. And also, since I believe FTR has two wins, gives Briscoe a win, maybe get another one, then have a, a fifth match in the future. You know, I want to see these guys fucking wrestle. I mean, they literally have two of my favorite matches this year. Let's see if there's a third. Let's see how hard it is. To have the Briscoes against FTR involved with the fucking top ten matches of the year that we're doing, because <laughs> yeah, like you're just gonna be Briscoes, 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 FTR, Briscoes, FTR, Briscoes, FTR. <laughs> it really could be that fucking far up there. I gotta do some <laughs> digging, but they're two of the most impressive matches so far. So I'm looking forward to this. If you can't tell, Chris, what do you think? Who's gonna win? What do you want to happen? Anyone uh, coming out at the end to attack the Briscoes and fucking? FTR, like the Young Bucks did, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, the Young Bucks would make sense, but they're locked up doing a feud with uh, the Dark Triangle, so... What if it, know. what if it, what if it's... What if Motor City Machine Guns comes out at the end? Well, that would be fucking awesome. I mean, they, they would have great matches with the Briscoes if they want to run that back. I'd be pretty hyped for that. Um, I, you know, that's a good question. Um... I would hope they just let the Briscoes celebrate this win and not do some kind of big fuckery finish. Just let them 
throw the streamers with the title change and have them cut a promo to end the show, kind of like the, what they did with FTR. Um, do the sign of the show of respect between the two teams and leave it at that. But you definitely could do that. I mean, they're going to have to set up something going forward for the Briscoes to do. If, like I said, I think it all just depends on if Tony announces if they're going to start doing a fucking streaming show or not. Really. Like, you don't need to build a fuck ton of storylines coming out of this if you're just going to be randomly doing Ring of Honor pay-per-views here and there, I guess. Um, but yeah, it, 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 looting back to what you were saying about Jericho, if you're fucking Chris Jericho, you definitely don't want to go on after this match. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> who in their right mind would want to go on after this match, after seeing the first two? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a very, that. very good point. <laughs> If I'm Jericho, I'm like, put me on at the beginning. We'll get it off to a hot start. <laughs> That's a very good point. That is actually a very, very good point. So, all right. Well, look, it's going to be a good pay-per-view. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's definitely going to be worth the price of admission just to see another FDR fucking Briscoes match, honestly. Um, the Joe match, I think, will also will probably be the second best match of the night if I would being completely honest so those two matches alone are are worth worth the pay-per-view cost in this particular instance i do hope tony comes out and like gives us some kind of or he doesn't even necessarily have to come out but someone should like tell us what the hell they're going to be doing with ring of honor going forward. yeah like ian riccaboni or something yeah it doesn't necessarily have to be tony as a character coming out and saying anything i mean i think that would be the right thing to do but uh it just needs they need to tell us what's happening because they're going to end up losing the ring of honor fan base that they have uh if they don't you know kind of tell us what the hell's going on with that company there's already people that don't like those titles being on AEW TV, really so i don't know it's uh that's that's the weird part about it but it should be a fun pay-per-view regardless i mean the last two ring of honor pay-per-views they did um have been very good so i have high hopes for this at least yeah, yep. I do as well. We'll probably be checking that out right when we get done with the show. So uh, we'll see what happens at the final battle. This is Ring of Honor's big pay-per-view of the year. So hopefully we get some surprises, some big, you know, either title changes or title matches in general. And uh, we'll go from there. Um, there wasn't a whole hell of a lot, I would say, on Raw and SmackDown to talk about. Like the Kurt Angle celebration last night. They did the milk truck thing. Chad Gable and Otis. It was fine. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that really happened on SmackDown that was a big deal. I mean, most of it's progressing stories, especially with the Bloodline both nights. You know, they they took on um, last night Sheamus and, and Pete Dunne, and they beat them. And they beat another tag team I don't remember on Raw. I guess the biggest thing that happened on Raw, Rhea Ripley went against Asuka. And she also went against uh, Bailey, and she won that match. There was a lot of back and forth between Bailey and and Becky before the match, but Rhea went on uh, to go against the winner of a match between Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss, and Becky, in which Alexa Bliss got the win at the end over Nikki Cross. So neither Becky or Bailey advance, and they're at each other's throats. And basically, between Rhea Ripley and Alexa Bliss, I expect. Rhea Ripley will find out the next challenger for Bianca Belair. I think we're going to be getting a feud between Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, 
But I also liked the stare down that happened between Becky when Rhea Ripley came out. That intrigues me. And I really do think we're positioning for Royal Rumble a match between potentially Becky and Bailey. I think their feud is going to sustain. But do you think Alexa Bliss has any chance in hell of being Rhea Ripley? Because I don't think anyone really wants that. I think we want to see Rhea Ripley against Bianca Belair. What do you think, Chris? Uh, if it was me booking it, I wouldn't have Alexa Bliss win. That's for sure. Uh, Rhea Ripley is on fire right now. I think she's one of the more interesting things they have going on on their show. Um, I I am intrigued to see what they do with Nikki just because they just rehired Eric Young and they're bringing in Vincent. I'm wondering if they're going to spin off a sanity group. I think so. And they could even might have them going against Judgment Day. I think that would be an interesting thing to do. I don't think Triple H has problems with Nikki's husband, Killian Dane, either, who was fucking let go for no reason. So he might be. I like the idea with Vincent, too, like a new version of Sanity on Raw with Nikki. That actually sounds intriguing with Eric Young <laughs> leading the way again. Yeah, Sanity looks like they need a guy like Vincent, you know. Uh, he, <laughs> I always make that joke that Vincent <laughs> looks like he's Vincent looks like the old guy at every high school party that like sells Molly to teenagers or something. Like a, <laughs> yeah, the one at like a fish concert trying to get the cool kids <laughs> that barely know fish that they're young. Uh, you guys but, like Primus? But, yeah. Fuck uh, Primus, think, you're the best. <laughs> uh, they would be really great together, Vincent and Eric Young. I, I, I'm. Uh, I thought you were talking about Les Claypool and Vincent. That would be interesting. (laughs) All right. Um, That was it from from Raw and SmackDown. Um, Anything else that you want to talk about or think about? They kind of had a chill week, basically. They've been coming off a lot of big shows, so I get it. Yeah, it was kind of more of a, you know, this is their first week after a pay-per-view. It's just the reset of whatever new stories they're telling, just I mean, that's kind of just the ebb and flow of WWE because they do 12 pay-per-views a year. Yep. So you you kind of always have, like, the down day after the pay-per-view unless it's, like, Mania or Rumble. Um, so, yeah, it's it was kind of just uh, – the show wasn't inherently bad. There just wasn't anything super awesome to talk about. Unlike Dynamite, Dynamite had a, had a fucking very good show this week. I will say that. Dynamite had an excellent show. I enjoyed it. I've I've really been enjoying, and I hate to say this, but like the first two hours of Raw usually are a lot of fun, and then it kind of just dips. And based on the ratings they've been having, a lot of people think that. It's also the fact that we're all fucking old. So I understand advertising, but my God, three hours can get long. But the first two usually are great. And that's why I feel bad because they keep them putting the women in the main event for Raw, and I think they're doing that purposely just like how – AW always has it at about 9.30, you know, kind of like the dead hour, if you will. Kind of sucks, but uh, Dynamite, just another fun show start to finish. One of their better ones uh, as of recently, Chris. With WWE, do you think that they're, I mean, I think that they just see Becky as the big, one of the biggest stars that they have on their roster. So I don't think it is them trying to shift the... I don't know. I, I feel like I, they think some of their female performers are bigger than even some of their big male stars in WWE. Whereas when they do it in AEW, it's kind of like, okay. 
Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, it's 9.30. This is exactly the same fucking time. Did they do anything <laughs> with any, any of the women wrestlers? Yeah, I, I think Becky's a huge name. I just think that, like, it just seems like it's persistent. Like, well, she's a big name, so she'll probably hold the audience, hopefully. But if not, we get a good number in the first and second hour. You know, it trails every single fucking time. And I don't think that it's not even Becky's fault. I don't. That's not a main event. Becky's awesome. I like Alexa Bliss. I like Nikki Cross. A three way between them. That's your main event. Come on. I'm surprised that Becky is even wrestling right now because she's still suffering like that lingering separated shoulder injury. Yeah, man. She's a badass, dude. Yeah, she's definitely tough, that's for sure. I wouldn't be out here wrestling with a fucking recently separated shoulder. Fuck all that noise. <laughs> all right, so let's 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 look at this. Um, I want to keep the promo off and stuff with Ricky Starks until we talk about Winter is Coming, which I have after we talk about this. Um, so we'll keep that off the table. We kind of talked about the main event. FTR and Acclaim had an awesome fucking match. They put the Acclaim over. I really enjoyed that match. And we talked about the Darby Allen Samoa Joe match for the TNT Championship. Um, there were a lot of other stuff. What would you like to highlight, um, if anything else, besides what we're, what I just mentioned? Or if you want to talk about those things, let's go into it. Uh, it makes me nervous that FTR lost to the Acclaimed, and they're about to drop the titles to the Briscoes, and that kind of makes me wonder if they might be on their way out if they start dropping all these fucking titles. I think their contract's up in February, I believe. I could be wrong about that, but I've read that it's up. Com- it's coming up soon. So, right. See, that, I mean, that's kind of one of the big topics. Is, is like if you're gonna, if we slowly start seeing them lose every title they have, minus the New Japan titles, uh, that's a little. That makes me a little nervous. <laughs> you know me what too. I mean? Um, this should. This match should have been on Winter's Coming. If they're gonna treat it as a little pay per view. They should have had some type of interaction this week that led up to a match for the mini pay-per-view next week. I don't know why the fuck they didn't do that. These are your two biggest tag teams other than the Young Bucks who are involved in the triple you know, tag teams with one of the other big tag teams uh, with the Lucha Brothers and shit. I don't understand why we couldn't have had at least one week of fucking buildup, but I don't know. Do you think AEW could get away with putting the Briscoes on if they didn't allude to them being the Briscoes and put masks on them and didn't have them talk? <laughs> I just want to know. As a way to get around <laughs> the fact they're not allowed on TV. That the would be some owner, shit I would try. I, I just feel like David Zaslav doesn't even know what the fuck's going on with the television departments because I don't think he would give, especially knowing what the Briscoes did to try to like clear up their name would give two fucks about them being on TBS and TNT. I think it really comes to that one woman that's kind of like blocking them because of that shit and doesn't want to really reevaluate what they did. I mean, they worked for fucking... Uh, After that that happened, their boss, the owner of Ring of Honor, who is gay, sat them down, they talked stuff out, and they literally made sure they made up for it. Like, you can't you can't make mistakes in the past. You know what I'm saying? And as silly as religion is sometimes, that was their backing of their reasoning. I don't understand why 
whatever. Yeah, I, just, we're, uh, I mean, it, it's an ignorant point of view, but it's also an ignorant point of view that a lot of people have. And that's kind of the thing about America and freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Uh, I don't agree with it. I think it was super stupid to say, but it's not like the Briscoes are the only people that feel that way. Uh, or felt, cheer. because I really do that. They have gay friends, man. They do. I, I, I don't think that they're, they're, they're evil dudes. I think that they thought something at one part in their life. They got educated. They learned from shit. And they, they lived experiences to change their opinion. I, I really uh, – I don't know. It's just dumb, man. Yeah, and there's that's the problem, too, is that there's nothing that they can do to it, – it does well, at least – I think they've cleared their names in, as far as the fans go, but, like – They've tried. You know what I mean? It's not like they haven't openly apologized and talked about this. And um, I, I don't know. I, like I said, it was an ignorant thing to say, but it's it's also an opinion <laughs> that has, you know, it's, it, it, I don't know. It's, it's That's a tough one. But yeah, uh, as far as like the acclaimed in FTR, I would not, I just wouldn't have done that match, honestly. I mean, I think it was a good match, but I, wouldn't necessarily want FTR losing right before they're going into a match against the Briscoes, per se. Yeah, that's a good point. And who I was thinking about was Kerry Sulkin, but doesn't matter, you know. Yeah, if you're so, if you're like, for instance, you have triple champions. Like, if you're New Japan or you're Triple A, do you want them just randomly losing on a one-off fucking match when they're holding your belts? They'd have to build it, I guess, you know, for something. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's, a, it's a weird one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the show itself was good. You know, because FDR can build something to Wrestle Kingdom and drop it for whoever in Japan, whether it be, like, the Girls of Destiny or whoever. Um, and, I mean, Conan with Triple Eight, he definitely he, – he does a good job booking it, but I think it's a little bit – more chill of a concept. So get two opponents that are good, have them go against them and put them over, I guess. Funny enough, it seems like the tag titles mean more than AAA than any of their other belts though. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, they have like three fucking singles championships in the same division. So yeah. Um, not, not that AEW is any better. You know what'll be interesting is if New Japan doesn't have FTR drop the titles and they don't re-sign with AEW and go back to WWE. Uh, what's New Japan gonna do then? <laughs> do you think that the FTR would work out a deal where they would be able to um, still work in Japan? Well, you know, uh, based on the Carl Anderson thing, based on the possibility with Sasha Banks, maybe, man. Maybe that's a possibility for them. Uh, if I'm AW, I might be worried that I'm getting fucking sent up shit's creek if they start having working relationships with WWE. Something to yeah. be nervous about. So, I mean, that was pretty much it for Dynamite. Like I said, we're going to save the, the, the stuff for this last thing about Winter's Coming. Last night, Rampage... I mean, the biggest thing, I think, is that Trent Seven was Kip Sabian's uh, opponent to go against Orange Cassidy. And he also ended up getting assaulted for losing at the end of it and kind of got back 
at, um, you know, he looked like he was going to attack Sabian, and then they started attacking Orange Cassidy, and then Dustin Rhodes came out to help out, who announced that this is going to be his last, like this upcoming year is going to be his last year in wrestling, and then he's retiring. Um, so I don't know if that, I, I guess maybe Dustin and, and Trent Seven. Either way, man, Trent Seven's an awesome fucking wrestler. I don't know what's going on. I know he's in NXT still, but his partner, you know, um, Tyler Bate, also an excellent wrestler. I don't expect Mustache Mountain so much, but Trent Seven's good to have as a person, you know, in the ring. Uh, and him and Dustin should have a good match, but is it just another guy that's going to be on the roster and thrown in once in a while? I care more about him coming here than Kip Sabian having a match with Orange Cassidy for the fucking All Atlantic, except for when it's in the Pacific Belt. So I don't fucking know. <laughs> that's the dumbest fucking belt. Like I get they wanted to do something that was like a world belt, but why didn't they just do like a World Cup tournament like WWE did? Honestly, as opposed to having like a fucking belt, just give them a trophy or something. No idea, man. No idea. Uh, I like Trent Seven a lot. I don't know that he matters on this roster that much, being completely honest. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. <laughs> it's, and also, uh, any any Rampage episode that doesn't have Hook on it isn't really worth me staying. Or, where or the fuck is Hook? Friday night. Yeah, where's Hook? Send Hook. Send Hook. <laughs> That's why their ratings have been down on Rampage. Not enough fucking Hook. That's. <laughs> they just don't I have the Hook. I like the idea of, like, he kind of just shows up on Rampage. That gives people a reason to tune into Rampage. It's like, oh, the only time you're going to see Hook is on Rampage. Kind of thing. But, yeah. yeah I don't... Rampage was, uh, uh, and this is unfortunate for them, but it's kind of the going trend. Uh, nothing to write home about, really. Nope. And that's why, unfortunately, it... The week before previous, it made between three hundred to four hundred thousands for viewers. So, like I said, maybe a studio show, maybe on a Saturday, you know, not necessarily night, but evening, Sunday evening, you know, something else. Not on Friday from fucking ten to eleven. Um, I don't know. Uh, here's an idea. <laughs> Just fucking make Rampage the Ring of Honor show <laughs> with a separate roster. <laughs> Dude, people have said that, and I don't, I don't, like, I have no problem with for that either. Like it just, it makes sense to me because <sighs> they barely ever build anything on Rampage. Like every once in a while, they'll have like someone cut a promo or something, but it's not enough to get people to tune in week to week. No, it's not. All right, well, we're going to be tuning into next week. Winter is Coming is here. Now, remember, Winter is Coming, when they first did this two years ago, Sting showed up. We haven't seen Sting in a while. We talked about Samoa Joe. There's always that possibility. But the matches that we have on this right now are the following. There's only been four, but I would say three out of the four are pretty big matches. First big match, I could, you know, because I want to know who the fuck are the three that are going to go against them. We have House of Black, Malachi, Birdie King, Buddy Matthews going against someone in a six-man tag. What I know is it's not Death Triangle 
and the Elite because they have a match, a part of their series of matches, uh, also on the same card. So who the fuck is House of Black going to be going against, Chris, if it's not Death Triangle or the Elite? Hmm. I don't, you know, that's a good question. I don't... They just rebranded them. Um, yeah. I, you know, I don't really... I, I, are they going to roll out uh, fucking... What's that that group with uh, Evil Uno? Are they going to run that back, maybe? I, like, well, That'll be rough uh, if that happens. I like the idea of them just beating everybody's ass. Like, that's awesome, but you do need something for them to do, and they haven't really established trios. Um, I don't know. Maybe the Jericho Appreciation Society is trying to get into the trios game. Do you do that for a little bit? You could. Um, what if, if they're fresh off their win, uh, you do Brian Cage to the Gates of Agony? That I think that makes a lot of sense. That that's probably that's probably is what they're going to do. Um, but you have House of Black go over, show dominance, they get a big win, you know, and it's not for the belts, so they get to keep them. Those belts are fucking irrelevant, anyways. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, get what Props. you're saying. Um, yeah, uh, as far as trios go, that's probably unless you just want, you know, unless you're just trying to come up with random teams for them to run through. I, I guess they could run through Dalton Castle and the Bullies or something. That's a good point too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't know, man. Um, I know there's like more, so this is another thing where they do shit on dark and then it's not on the main show because there's a couple of trio teams on dark that we never see on AEW, like standard. So I don't know. Maybe they'll just randomly start pushing, putting those guys into the show just for house of black to murder them. But I mean, the end goal is going to be house of black versus the elite. You would think. That's uh, yeah, that's exactly what I think was going to happen eventually for those belts. I mean, I think the, you know, the one of the biggest matches that people have wanted to see for a long time is Buddy Murphy versus Kenny Omega. So in a lot of ways, that makes a lot of sense. All right. Uh, let's talk about that other tag match. So we got the best of seven series. Uh, the Elite have one win. Death Triangle has two. I think the Elite's going to win this one as well to even the score, Chris. Yeah, if there was any two teams that didn't need a fucking best of seven match, though, it is the Elite and Dark Triangle, because we've seen them wrestle each other a bazillion fucking times already. Um, yep. Uh, but that being said, I, uh, I agree with you. I think the elite's probably going to win here to tie up the score. All right. And then we have Ruby Soho and Ty Mello. Uh, Ruby's mad that she got her nose broken from Ty and she was out for a little while. I don't care. So Ruby Soho wins. Like Ty Conti, right? Yeah. Uh, what, what, what did you call her? <laughs> so she's, she's put in here as Ty, Ty Mello. That's what she's going by, I guess. That's no, her middle okay. name. Oh, no, that's Actually. her last name. Besides Guevara, obviously. Hmm. 
Okay. Yeah, I, that's weird. I, I thought she was still going by Ty Conti, but maybe not. Okay. It uh, doesn't matter. I don't really care. This match is going to suck. I mean, Ruby Soho is going to go out there and try her fucking absolute best, but I, I don't have high hopes for that match being good. Uh, hopefully, Ruby Soho gets a win. All right, let's get to the big match, and let's talk a little bit of the buildup that they had. They had one week to make this match seem more appealing. Ricky Starks won the Battle Royal, and for both that Diamond Diamond Ring um, and also the AW Championship, he'll be going against MJF. I have never heard the statement, you smell like paint thinner and ass. <laughs> God, dude, this was fucking great. This is all, honestly, these guys are good friends. I hate to peel back the curtain, but these guys have been good friends for years. I've seen some of their past videos where it's like Stokely Hathaway, the two of them, and Ethan Page just dicking around and hanging out in hotels and shit. And if you don't ever want to get the impression MJF can be a good dude, don't watch any of those fucking videos from like 2016 and shit. But I've seen them in places together. Uh, before I knew who any of them except for MJF was, you could tell that MJF wanted to help his buddy get over. And he went after him with every fucking thing you could you know, possibly go after. The fact that he's a dollar store Dwayne called him a Rudy Pooh candy ass. You know, um, basically he called said him the, the pebble. <laughs> the pebble. There was even a chant for pebble from the fucking audience. But Ricky Starks took that microphone. I love how he checked him on his shoulder, grabbed the mic, his mannerisms, everything. When me and Chris first kind of like got wind of Ricky Starks, I was a little bit higher than, than Chris was on him, but we weren't really that high on him. Going through AEW, he was fine. And as of recently, he really has started to win me over. Um, I think win us both over. And now to the point where we're seeing the promos from him, and yeah, there is a lot of Dwayne Johnson, but just just the mannerisms. You smell like paint thinner and ass. You got to fucking do a spray tan to cover your eczema. You know, you got your cheap <laughs> shoes on here. You want to be blah, blah, blah. Just going after him and drilling the hell out of MJF to the point where MJF started with a smile on his face like, fuck you. Who cares what you have to say to actually like being like, fuck you, motherfucker. Like by <laughs> yeah. the end of it, like just just displaying uh... that. and. He killed it, man. That was a career-building uh, situation afterwards. MJF rebuttaled by just kicking him in the fucking balls, left him on, was about to like come and punch him with the diamond ring. Amazing spear by Ricky Starks. And he had the belt right above MJF's head, right above his head. And I don't think he's going to win with MJF. I hope they have a couple matches and we have a feud out of this, honestly. I don't think he'll win. But I did not look at Ricky Starks to the same level. I'm going to do this comparison, actually. It's like when Logan went against Roman Reigns after when he won. I was like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. He actually might be in, this, in, in the heavyweight title picture in the future if he keeps up this shit. Ricky Starks, I could see with that belt. I honestly could. Not now, but soon. And I think that this has something to fucking do with it. He just was magic on the mic. He had all the confidence. He had everyone in the audience in the palm of his hand. And, you know, he was – he showed himself because I think a lot of people look at the Rock comparisons. But I thought that he kind of separated himself and stood out 
the best you could, and both of them were great. They're going to have a fun fucking match, and I hope to see more from them. Chris, what do you think? I mean, is this MJF's had a lot of promo battles through this company? Is this the first time that he's kind of been outshone on a promo? Yeah, I think uh, so, man. The only person, <laughs> even CM Punk, kind of choked compared to MJF in their feud. Yeah, well, it's also just kind of hard to like CM Punk unless you live in Chicago. But <laughs> um, oh, me and you think differently upon that. Uh, anyways, that but even if you go to like you know. John Moxley has promoed. He's a great fucking promo, right? And gets outshone by MJF. Eddie Kingston has promoted against him, and he's a great fucking promo. And's got outshone by MJF. I think this is the first time, and it, it's probably you know it's built in there, but it's the first time I've ever seen MJF really get fucking sliced up on the mic. <laughs> Ricky Starks basically went full eight mile on him. <laughs> it was hilarious. And, uh, you know, the spear, like you said, from Ricky Starks was awesome, but also the way MJF took that spear was awesome. The whole thing was just fucking great. Like, like you said, obviously he's trying to put his buddy over a little bit. The only, the only part of this that sucks is I don't like that. It's a winner take all match. I kind of wish it was just for the ring. And then you could, then you could have like Ricky Starks win here with no consequences really. Cause the ring doesn't really mean anything. See, what I hope they were doing is that kind of like, I guess, the money in the bank to an extent, like Ricky had the option to be able to go for the ring since he, you know, because it's the first time that you don't get the ring from winning the Battle Royal because the last three years, obviously, MJF did and he had that ring. So they kind of changed it up. What I would have had happen is this is for the title. This is already set in stone. He won the fucking tournament to be able to go against MJF for the title. You have Ricky win. No, no, you have Ricky lose, but it's because MJF fucks him over. Heel tactics, low blow, you know, hand on the ropes, whatever you have to do. And then Ricky starts like, fuck this. I know I can beat you, and I'm taking that fucking dynamite ring. They have another match. He beats him clean, and that sets up a third rubber match between them where Ricky will inevitably lose MJF, but you could even have them feuding now until the next pay-per-view in March, if you want, or you could have them lose it, but still have a great match, and he loses, MJF goes on to another feud, but now Ricky has been elevated that much more throughout the course of the feud, and he actually has a win on the champion, even if MJF gets the third win, you know what I'm saying? So that's how I would have done it. Uh, do you think that this could be a sw- if it was WWE I think for sure that they were they would be swerving us on this and and by that by that I mean John Moxley shows up and gives Starks the ring and Starks fucking lays out MJF and wins and then they just build the feud of MJF versus Moxley and you have Ricky Starks as your heavyweight champion doing something else that's if it was WWE they 100% would do that <laughs> I'm not going to lie that would be ballsy that would be ballsy if they did um, but you got to think Moxley's kind of pissed off about being screwed over for the title. Does he, uh, does he, does he screw over, like, does he screw over MJF? Give him the fucking receipt. That I mean, that's the only thing. That's the only well, way I can see Ricky Starks win here since it's winner no. takes, takes all, you know what I mean? So like they've booked, they booked by making it winner take all, you pretty much have told everyone that MJF is going to win. Which I hate when that I just don't like that they did that. It could, like I said, the, the way you laid it out would work as well. But as soon as they made it winner take all, you've kind of 
I don't know. I would have just done it for the. They fucked it for, up. Yeah, I would have just done it for the ring, and you could have Ricky win, like I said, and and then you could even still do the Moxley spot if you wanted to 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 cost MJF, and you could just have Ricky continuously cut promos on MJF talking about the ring. To the point where MJF's like, I will put my title up for that ring just because like he's had it for so long. It gets in MJF's head and he starts freaking out. Like that's that's kind of where I would have went with it, but um, yeah, WWE does this too. I mean, a lot of companies end up doing this where they you kind of fuck yourself over a little bit when you do like a winner take all situation. Um, and we've seen this where they've had like double champions and stuff in WWE. Uh, with Roman, it's worked well, but the majority of the time when they try to do that, it kind of just locks up a division a little bit, and, and you have a good idea of who is going to win those matches based on what's at stake going in. Um, I, just, I just loved uh, – I'm sorry. I'm just laughing at this in my head right now. Just Ricky's hand movements, how he's pointing you know, at MJF, <laughs> and he's like, man, you come in here every week. You smell like paint thinner and ass. Like, <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? I don't know, but it's fucking hilarious. I love Ricky Starks, man. He's, he's, would you agree with me? Is he now in your head on a different level because of that promo specifically? Well, this was a quite a while back. Um, you know, when he first came in and he had that match with, it was Team Taz versus, uh, it was him and, was it him and Hobbs versus Moxley and, Darby, I think. And I was like, I don't know about this guy. Like, I know a lot of people really liked him, but after watching that match, I was like, man, that match wasn't really that good. Um, like, he didn't blow me away there. But, like, as ta- Team Taz, like, continued, and he had the match with Darby and Sting, and then um, the turning point for me on Ricky Starks was when him and Powerhouse Hobbs were, like, standing outside. When they're doing, like, like Bash at the Beach, but it was in the middle of fucking Michigan. <laughs> And Powerhouse Hobbs had that fucking, like, fur coat on, and R- Ricky Starks was cutting that promo with Tony. I was like, okay, I could see this. And then he's had some, you know, really good singles matches. Like, uh, I think he's the real deal. But I, I kind of had already started turning the corner. But I definitely remember being like, I, I don't know. Because I had seen him in NWA, and then, that like I said, that match with uh, Moxley a couple years ago. I was like, uh, I don't know if this guy is... Uh, as good as advertised, but he has, he has changed my mind on that. Uh, so that's why you the have to posing, give people the benefit of a doubt. <laughs> you guess. know, the posing in between the things, looking at the audience a certain way, it's, 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 it's very different, but the, the, the Southern fucking New Orleans accent, when he was going back and especially MJF, MJF is always, everyone says Piper. Everyone says obviously rock for, for Ricky, but, it kind of gave me like a little bit of a dusty and flair feel. Like I know a lot of people said Austin and, and, and rock. I saw that going around that not so much, but like Ricky's so animated. He's so he's confident in himself. He's, he's moving his hands. He's fucking looking at him. He's got that Southern flair to him. And you have MJF who's just angry as hell. And like, you know, just going off on him and dude, I'm, I'm down. I hope these guys, I hope this is the start of a feud that will continue for the rest of the time period that either one of them are in that company, basically. I hope they go back to this because I think that has potential to be a big fucking rivalry between the two of them. And they're both good on the mic, man. That's hard. Yeah, I think it's it's important for them to start building this feud and start building people like Ricky Starks because that's one thing they've dropped the ball on, same as WWE, is getting over your next guy. 
you know, outside of MJF, they've they really have done the WCW lean heavy on former WWE guys. You know what I mean? Like whether it was Jericho or whether it was Moxley or whether it's Brian Danielson or CM Punk. I mean, the show has been heavily focused around people that are not like kind of home built. And I know Ricky Starks was in other places, but he, you know, he was more of an indie guy. Um, same thing with MJF. So like the, building those how, talents, how, how do you think- your Jungle Boys, for instance, like that's important for them to do going forward. How do you think Billy Corgan felt? Because <laughs> MJF was like, I'm going to fucking send your ass back to fucking NWA so you can be on YouTube where you belong. Look, just like Ric Flair in that type of situation, by the way. Just fucking laid it out to him. And then Ricky, he takes it, he goes, yeah, man, I was on fucking YouTube. I, I fucking busted my ass and I did this. Well, this is... This is this is the NWA. <laughs> like they have worked with AW in the past. Like you gotta think like sometimes like Tony's like, ah, oh, god damn it, Max did it again. Oh, fucking, I hope I don't get a text from Billy. I love the Smashing Pumpkins. He's gonna give me free tickets next year. Ugh. I'm I'm a hundred percent that sure that Billy Corgan probably enjoyed it, knowing that he's a big wrestling fan. You know what I mean? Like I'm, he's like I, also free advertisement on AW. So yeah, check our YouTube like, show care. out. AW mentioned us. <laughs> yeah, like if anything, this actually helps in WA because people will go back and watch the Ricky Starks matches in NWA. <laughs> you know what I That's mean? That's a very like, good point, man. That's a very good. It point. is fun. It is funny to be cutting a fucking promo like that, talking about YouTube shows, and then knowing that as soon as that is over, they're gonna film fucking YouTube shows. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but MJF was caught dead on dark. You know, you know how he is, man. <laughs> yeah, that's it's just funny. It's funny to think when you think about how they do those live events, though. Like that be the big promo moment, and they're like, "Okay, everyone, stick around to watch fuck us film dark." <laughs> well, two of the uh, the 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 shorter, I would say, badass wrestlers in the industry just proved that they can, you know, go back and work with guys way taller than them and put up with them easily in the eighties, I would say with Ricky Starks and fucking MJF. Um, yeah, that's, that's going to be the one prop. The, the one hurdle that Ricky is going to have to get over is just how lean he is. Um, as far as like being a viable heavyweight champion, cause you're going to have people that are just fucking super size Queens when it comes to the heavyweight title. Yeah. Same problem that happened to Adam Cole, you know? Yeah. But All right, well, I think I think he's good enough to do it, and uh, the AEW fan base is a little a little nicer when it comes to that as opposed to like your WWE fan base. Like, there's people out there that think that fucking Seth Rollins is too small to be a heavyweight champion. So they're fucking uh, crazy, man. Yeah, <laughs> I guess Austin Theory never deserves a belt. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a work, guys. <laughs> no kidding. 